everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And a reminder, you know, the one we always give that this is not a spoiler free podcast. So there could be things we say as we talk about this episode that will come up in future episodes. And that's just how it goes. Consider yourself warned. I am Melissa. And I'm here with my chartreuse co-host, Fish. It's an yeah. interesting choice of words. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a color. Sure um, is. It's an adjective. <laughs> um, how are you today, Fish? Um, I'm okay. I have this little bone to pick with you. Oh. You you just decided to uh, to totally spoil me on this episode last mm-hmm. time. And you were like, all right. Someone's getting shot. So this whole episode, the Christmas episode, where I'm like, oh, look, mistletoe. Oh, look, oh, someone's going to get shot. And then I'm like, oh, look, you know, Christmas trees, winter wonder, someone's going to get shot. And then we get all the way to the end, and I don't even find out who gets shot. That's true. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah. Not cool. It's kind of an interesting take on the spoiler, right? <laughs> Because it's a spoiler, I mean, but it did it actually? Spoiled, it spoiled the episode for me. It didn't tell me what was going to happen. Didn't tell it, you a thing. Yeah. But it ruined the episode because the whole time, I'm like, bummer. Someone's going to get shot. Well, what are we talking about today? We're talking about season three, episode 11, and to all a good night, the Christmas episode, if you will. This one originally aired December 13th. 2000 and I gotta tell you I think that the next one didn't air until like April <laughs> that is it's a long cool. wait it's for rough. a mid-season cliffhanger um so this one was that's <laughs> okay so this one was directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal and get this okay in the written by section it says teleplay by Jennifer Levin and Josh Rhymes. story by Julie Blumberg and Joy Gregory holy moly <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people who wanted credit for this. Um, and the episode description is Felicity's mother visits with plans for a theater outing with her daughter. Sean and Richard buy Christmas trees to sell during the holidays, but the deal proves more challenging than they thought and puts Ben in an awkward situation with his girlfriend's mother. Elsewhere, Tracy tells Elena that he's been accepted to a medical program in Africa and that start date is in three weeks. Molly's ex-boyfriend interrupts the festivities. Huh. I mean, I don't know that it was the trees so much that put him in the bad place with uh, with Felicity's mom. Might have been, you know, all of the talk of crack and guns um, yeah. and not knowing where his life was going. But, yeah. all right. This episode um, description sure. is a little wonky. I like how they just refer to Felicity as his girlfriend's mother. <laughs> like it just, I don't know, just everything about it was kind of funny. Um, I will say before we jump in, because normally I just suggest that you jump in first, but I did want to say, like, it was interesting because after we recorded the last episode, so Fish and I went back and we watched the Molly and James scene together with the Macy Gray uh, music. And it stuck with me for days. Oh, so much better with the Macy Gray song. Well, and I, but I'm also, I might go as far as to say that that scene for me is maybe one of the most memorable scenes of the show. 
Am I going to sit here and try to say top five, top 10? No, I'm not going to do that. But like, I think it's a really, really powerful, very interestingly directed scene with cool camera angles. I love the choice to not show the dialogue. Like I just, that, that scene sat with me for days after we had seen it and talked about it. So Mm. I don't know of all people, Molly and James, you know, Molly and James. Um, They gave an opportunity for that director to do something special. Cause I I agree. I think it's a, it's a fantastic scene. Mostly. And I do think a lot because of the directorial choices, uh, Mm -hmm. just really cool. So yeah. yeah, I wanted to start there, but where do you want to start talking about this episode? Well, um, I think we'll just continue with our trend of starting at the beginning. We've okay. got, uh, I mean, this is so, so we, we end with that scene, right? From mm-hmm. the last episode that's so moving and deep. And then, I mean, this is just, I don't know. I think this is a flaw of the show. They just open up with, oh, Molly's back living with Felicity and Ben. And like, Mm -hmm. we don't get to see anything that's happened. You know, she left James, she's back in rehab, she's back living with them. Like, I want it, like, if you're going to give me all of that emotion to hold on to from the last episode, Mm -hmm. don't just gloss over it and be like la-di-da like I just walked away and here's where we're starting yeah I guess it sounds like you know you needed another episode where they showed us like the actual breakup I think what we're seeing here is um I think a very honest depiction of the push and pull that Molly would be feeling but is missing the event you know the event yeah, that the happened actual to, thing yeah. where she walks away because yeah. that's what she kept saying i can't do and that's what they kept proving over and over again that she can't do it and then we don't see her do it yeah and then she kind of sticks to it in this episode and i'm like all right i mean fine but show me the one time when she does it in person yeah. Well, I guess what we do see in this episode is that a decision like that isn't a one-time thing. It's a boy, she has to make it a lot of times this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I get, I get your point. Like you wanted to see the first moment where she was like, no, but really it's yeah. over. Um, and then show us this, it, then you have to recommit to that every single day. Yeah. Um, and they just brought us straight to that point. So, you know, I guess they had a they had something to achieve in this episode. And they I think the writers of this episode really stuck to their plan and maybe we needed something in the middle. I mean, I think part of the plan for this episode was show us this the holidays as many ways as you can without telling us it's the holidays. <laughs> um, well, they're hanging mistletoe, like first thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, they just do all this stuff there at the end. It's like they're decorating the apartment, you know, (laughs) like there's, there's just all this stuff. Um, and that's what's happening at the ladies apartment. But my God, what is Molly wearing? She's like, I don't know. She's got this fluorescent headband. I mean, she looks 
I don't know, like a flower child on an acid trip in the 80s. Oh, my like, goodness. I don't know what is going on with this outfit. But so it's... this is not in line with the spiritual stuff she's wearing before, I guess. Is that fair to say? I mean, I don't I wouldn't think so because it's, yeah. I mean, fluorescent pink, like sweatband on your head screams like 80s workout video to me. Okay. But then she's got This is like, the new Molly, the new look. Yeah. All right. And she's trying to figure out. So there's, we're planning for some sort of a party to be happening at the apartment and Molly's like cocktail attire. Is that what's that? What's What's that that? all about? What's going on with the cocktail attire? Well, she actually asked, what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm just trying to think if I was in college, would I have known what cocktail attire meant? I barely know what it is now, Fish. Do you know what a cocktail dress is? Uh, I would not feel if somebody told me that there was a specific dress code required any dress code for anything I would severely second guess myself and I'd have to like do google searches for what people think that means (laughs) all right well there's like business and then there's like high evening right so there's like a suit and then there's like you know what an outfit you'd wear out to the opera and cocktail is in the middle it's like a shorter dress or like just a little less fancy than like you don't have maybe not everywhere sequins. You know, it's just it's a cocktail dress. It's it's fancy. It's a little informal and it's uh, something you can. For me, of... every dress is formal in a way because <laughs> I don't wear dresses. So when somebody's like an informal dress, I'm like, I wear a dress maybe once every three years. It doesn't have to it's be a, a dress. It's a to-do. It could be like a jumpsuit, it, it, but it's not jeans. Yeah. And it's, it's, you could do black pants with like a fancy top. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay. man, when Carrie Russell walks in with that silver top on, I think yeah. that's probably maybe besides the red dress, like the most gorgeous thing she's ever worn. Well, well, we'll get to so that far. scene later, but I have other things to say about her look there. So um so molly's, so molly's back we're, we're positioning the fact <laughs> that like there's a holiday party coming up that they're organizing it uh we're not going to see the party till the end but they're prepping for it along the way um ben well so uh, molly is saying oh man it was just i can't i went back to james it was so stupid to go back to james like and mm. then felicity is <laughs> Well, Carrie Russell has given this dialogue that was just so shoehorny. It was like, I know exposition right now. So much exposition. She's like, well, no, 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 no. I'm going to be supportive here because it wasn't, you know, you knew you realized that you didn't want to be with him. And then you went to rehab and then you came back here and then, you know, like Sean's good now. And we all survived final. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then they continue because she's like, all right, well, here's all the exposition of where we've been and here's where we're going. We're going to Florida. My mom's coming. We're going to borrow Sean's car, maybe. I mean, she sets, she's setting everything up, too. It's like, it's like they were trying to do a previously on for the episode yes. that they wanted to see, but they didn't actually have. <laughs> and it was just all in, what, 30 seconds of yes. Carrie Russell dialogue as Felicity. It was actually hysterical. Um, yeah. She must have looked at that on the page and been like, wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it comes off 
you know, initially it's like, no, Molly, don't be hard on yourself. Like you did good. We've all done well. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Everything's fine. And, and here's plan. all our plans for the future. It's, it's all fine. And then dun, 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 James calls. Yeah. And Felicity picks up. James is obviously looking for Molly. Felicity's like, she's not here. James, we think, is probably threatening, being threatening on the phone because that's how he is. He's menacing and threatening and he doesn't <laughs> All the other her. bad words. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's like, I'm not lying to you. And then Ben grabs the phone and he starts lying. He's like, Molly's not here. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, <laughs> and I love, I love, it's just so Ben, this side of the conversation is like, just stop calling. Just, just <laughs> calm down. Okay, calm. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. It's like, right. what did he say? It's like, I can't. Surely something that didn't learn to thank you, no. I'm guessing. No. And then who walks in but Megan and Felicity's mom? Yeah, and Ben has had it. I mean, he's got this chip on his shoulder through this whole episode mm-hmm. where he is, he's just mad. You know, and he's not facing the door where Felicity's mom is slowly walking in with Megan and he's just Ben's just going off. He's like, this guy is crazy. He's such a dick, you know. Uh, like he's, he's a, a crackhead. Crack he had a gun. He and didn't mom... have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and her this mom is, is just like walking in. And I will say, to her credit. She doesn't immediately freak out. She gives Felicity a couple of looks, but I don't know. If I was a parent walking in, hearing the words crackhead and if he didn't have a gun. Yeah, you'd have a level I of concern. I probably would, yeah, I, I would be feeling a certain way. And I appreciate that Megan sort of calls out the elephant in the oh, room. Yeah. Cause it was like, when, Oh, when did you get here? Megan's like somewhere between crackhead and has a gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like, in case you're all wondering how much she heard, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be very clear and lay that out for everybody in this room. Yeah. But they yeah. just sort of leave that where it is. That's <laughs> yeah. like it's the end of the little scene. placement. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens later. And ultimately, it actually sets up quite a lot that's happening in this episode, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, uh, you know, there it is. And, you know, something else that we're going to set up. So Noel is going to, he's going to Dean and DeLuca, right? Um, yeah. Why is he still at Dean and DeLuca? Well, he's bringing a poinsettia to, a thank you poinsettia, you know? He's that's, bringing it or he's buying it? I thought, I thought he was bringing it. Why would you bring a a plant to a coffee I, shop like no, i don't I understand. I don't understand that it was a thank you poinsettia like he, he while dean and deluca was very decorated for the holidays i don't think that they were just like selling pots of flowers so right. um my interpretation was that he had it in his arms and he was trying to gift it to her as a thank you because hey we got the icebox gift ah see i did not connect all of that i was just like is he just holding it is he bringing it like is he going to decorate home with it one might say that even my interpretation doesn't make a lot of sense i mean i think but let's remember noel always likes to have things in his hands that's true so for this scene it was a plant yeah (laughs) 
And we find out, so they're going to do more loser pet store because it got the gig. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we're also finding out, we're finding out all kinds of answers to questions mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. So Noel is a little depressed about Christmas. Yes, he's single. He's single, except, you know, sort well, of, sort of like Natalie's in Germany with a guy named Ludwig. There hasn't been an annulment because she's been in Germany with Mr. Beethoven. Did. Yeah. Um, and so he's just feeling it. He's feeling that he's by himself. Um, you know, there's no Jane, there's no Ruby, there's no Natalie. It's just no. And Felicity's gonna make him feel better because she's gonna start confiding in him all about Ben, all of her Ben problems. Like, doesn't yeah. think that her mom likes Ben, which let's admit she doesn't. And uh, and then she's like, "Oh, you want to be alone for the holidays? Too bad." coming to our party mm-hmm. yeah yeah um that, i mean and that's that right we have yeah. to set that up so that's set up now mm-hmm. <laughs> and now in other news i know sean and richard have a new entrepreneurial idea because richard's still looking for ways to fund the free pizza friday fund yeah and the toppings are killing him it's killing him so the new move we're gonna sell christmas trees Yes, at a markup. Yeah. I'm going to buy all the trees way before Christmas. And then like three days before Christmas for all, when all those desperate people need trees, mm-hmm. we're just going to charge them like 50 bucks. Like we're really going to gouge them. Mm-hmm. That is the Christmas spirit right That's there. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And to go a step further with the Christmas spirit, Sean's going to pressure Ben into helping them with that and ditch all of his plans and basically yeah. his whole relationship and yeah. his relationship with his, I don't know, hope to be maybe one day in law. Who's to say what this woman would ever be to him, but he's yeah. going to put a little wrinkle in that because Ben has to help with the trees. Yeah, because I mean, Sean lets him stay there, you know? when he doesn't pay rent and show oh, Ben wants to use the car. And I mean, he's just like completely manipulating Ben. Uh, and Ben has but, some time pressure here because, you know, Felicity's mom's in town and they, they have plans together for that night. The plan is they got tickets to a play Copenhagen. Yes. And she, they're all supposed to go there. Three of them. And uh, this selling trees or moving trees or whatever Ben has to do with the trees is going to cut dangerously close into that. It'll make him late. He'll he'll be late. But, you know, we're not there. We're not there just yet. We're going to sell the Christmas trees and then we're going to cut to Tracy and Elena. Yeah, this feels feels a bit like... um, in a way, I feel like the show is trying to address some of the complaints you've had with Elena in the writing. Whether or not you feel good about Elena is a different issue, but I think that the issues you were raising, the show's like, yeah, she doesn't really get it. Um, yeah, she still doesn't. Yeah. And they're going to go to great lengths to demonstrate it here. I think, you know, we're, we're, where we left off with Tracy and Elena was that they just had sex and Tracy was looking stunned, uh, maybe remorseful. Really freaked out. Freaked out about the fact that they did. 
Elena was looking Elena, happy. Yeah, Elena was like, you are so great at this. Yeah, she was looking satisfied in all the ways, right? And and Tracy just, it was obviously a real conflict for him. And mm-hmm. so when we open this episode with them, Tracy is basically mourning his virginity. Yeah, he says that. I mean, that that is, <laughs> those are the words he uses. You know, he's like, I'm mourning the situation mm-hmm. to Elena and he, you know she's she i don't want to say she's trying to understand the situation because I, I kind of don't think she is she's sitting with her back to him mm-hmm. and he's laying on the bed still kind of stunned and she's rapid firing these questions at him like you know do you regret it do you hate me you know all this kind of stuff and he's like like was the experience good like yeah but you know this is this is a big deal for me right Mm -hmm. and she just i don't know it feels like she just doesn't get it no she really doesn't seem to and i think if anything now because of the line of questioning she's providing it's like she's starting to feel i don't know defensive is the full word i would use here but she's thinking about herself you know, she's asking these questions with herself in mind, like, a, you know, like, are you, I think, you know, I think that she's looking at it like, wait, are you regretting this? Like, as yeah. if there would be disappointment on the other end of that, if he said yes. And I, yeah, they're not, they're not on the same page with this. And I think Tracy is, he's deeply aware of that. Yeah. And I guess. And I don't know that she is. I think she continues to think he's going to come around to her side of things and she she just has to like wait or like reason long enough or whatever it is like the fact that they even had sex is kind of like well he's he's come over to my side you know i kind of feel like she maybe thought of it as validation or maybe and, like this would be the turning point, but when it proves not to be the turning point, right? I think that's a real disruptor for her. And, you know, so for them at the, at the end of this conversation for Tracy to say, you know what? So I was accepted into this medical, this program, this crossroads Africa, it's, uh, you know, it's ends up being described as basically a medical center for HIV. He'd be gone for a full semester. He'd leave in three weeks. Basically, I couldn't tell. It it doesn't sound exactly like a study abroad, but it sounds like a, and it didn't sound like an internship abroad, but it sounds like he'd get school credit for doing what it sounded like a volunteer position. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, he says he's accepted to it. So mm-hmm. to me, it sounded like a mini, like Doctors Without Borders type experience mm-hmm. um, but my my interpretation of this is that it's not something that would push him an extra half year in his graduation but that no, it's like part I of don't think so like he gets school credit somehow for doing this program um yeah. so I mean, it, it's practical work on the ground i think it's probably you know worth school credit mm-hmm. um but you know, Elena's reaction to this is, oh, that's what med schools like really look for. And while Tracy, you know, is all gung-ho med school, like there's also a whole spiritual component to his volunteering. Mm 
you know, um, Habitat for Humanity, which he had done earlier, is like a Christian organization. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if Crossroads Africa is a real organization. I didn't look it up, but the word Crossroads makes me feel like this is a, you know, potentially a Christian organization. And mm-hmm. it's like she just blows right over that. Plus, well, there was this I, weird music playing for me. I don't okay. know what was playing for you, but it was like some C-rate, like R&B 90s stuff that nobody would ever heard of. Okay. It was weird. Well, I think the other component to this as well, and it's not really highlighted in this scene, but it will be in a later discussion, is I think that, yeah, there's a med school component, there's a spiritual component, but there's also, to me, an escapism component to this like a literal escape from the current situation. Um, I mean, I think he, he takes that and he says that, but he did, he does say here, look, we were not together when I applied for this, mm-hmm. you know? So he wasn't really taking her into consideration when he first, yeah. um, you know, applied for this. So I don't know, maybe it was still escape from the situation of not talking to her, but I, I definitely feel like his eventual choice. Yeah, his eventual choice, I think, will come from that place as well. I, I mean, the in this scene, he hasn't made a decision. He's revealing that a decision needs to be made. But if you're in Elena's shoes on this and, you know, you you just had sex with him and you're hoping that he's now, like, going to be uh, seeing the light about his sexual the sexual relationship he wants to have and then for him to be like look for him to be so weighing out this choice instead of just being like i got accepted but i'm gonna ditch it because we're in this great place that's not where he is when he's delivering this information to her so you know that's going to be invalidating for her if she was looking for the fact that they just took their relationship to another level to be like the be all end all it's clearly not mm-hmm. and he's now in a decision making mode that is about something that doesn't involve her and you know just think it's one of the many facets that's so interesting about these people well it's a tough place to be but you know technically she made her bed mm-hmm. and now they are both lying in it it's very true and you know who else is, you know, lying in the bed they made is Sean, <laughs> Richard, and Ben have so <laughs> many trees to move. So many trees. They're, they get to the lot, lot and they're like, which ones are ours? He's the guy's like, everything the light touches. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Lion King reference that came to my head that felt very appropriate for this moment. I was like, that's a lot of trees. All of the trees, all the trees, the entire forest is yours. Yeah. And so we're going to see that now that we know that this is never going to happen for Ben, we're going to cut to Felicity and her mom at the theater. Uh, They're waiting for Ben. Beautiful architecture. And they're talking about Lagaloo, which is this very famous restaurant and like fancy, fancy restaurant. And they didn't tell us, they, ne- they never told us what that theater is, right? It's just beautiful on the inside, but no. we only got the inside. It's like this lovely staircase and you can see the decor, the decorative ceiling and um, it's a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. I just don't think we got a name for it. And I, I really like, 
I don't know if they meant to do this, but I'm giving them credit um, whether they did or not. But you, like, I felt when I was watching this, like, all right, here's this beautiful architecture. Here's this fancy restaurant. Here's this, you know, Stamford Hotel and Spa that her mom is going to talk to Felicity about. Like, this is the world that her mom is used to. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you've got Ben with like sap on his shirt, like hauling trees around and like Mm -hmm. cars that don't work, talking about crackheads and guns. And like, it's, they, they do this really nice job, I think, of kind of giving us as the viewer, I almost a little bit more maybe empathy for Felicity's mom or, you know, Mm -hmm. at least being able to see it a bit from her perspective of like, you know, this is, this is her daughter and this is not, this is not what she's used to. Yeah. I think they do a really good job with that here in this episode where I think you really do see it from everybody's point of view as, as you're going through. And you can see also why people are rubbed the wrong way, you know, like Mm -hmm. in the various moments. Um, For one thing, we're getting the idea that Felicity's mom came to New York with the assumption that Felicity and her would go back home together and spend the holiday together. So her mom had a plan that this was basically going to be the launch of her holiday plans, except we already know that Felicity has plans to go to Florida with Ben. And so that's going to come to light here as they're waiting for Ben, where it's like, oh, um, did you not get the letter where I told you like that I wasn't doing Christmas? Oh, okay. You didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just a I lot mean, first of, of all, why would you only send that in a letter? Mm-hmm. Okay. And not like talk to someone on the phone. And second of all, I, I didn't believe her mom. I think her mom got the letter. And just decided to pretended like, she didn't get it. Passive aggressive and like well, because, force her hand. Yeah, I think she really did not like what was going on with Ben, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I want to remove my daughter from this. Let's go to a hotel. Mm-hmm. Let's leave together. Like, I am removing you from this situation." Mm, that's an interesting that's how i took it okay because like like felicity says uh maybe i should call ben and her mom immediately immediately is like oh he's got a few more minutes like don't even bother Mm -hmm. right she's like i don't want anything to do with this guy separate yeah her from ben yeah i like that interpretation i think that checks out here well we are now going to head we have a lot of short molly scenes a lot of short receiving phone call scenes but we're going to get one here where Molly is at the lady's apartment. She's Alone. there. She's decorating. Sure is. <laughs> and James calls and he pretty much have an idea that he's been calling, you know, and um, yeah. Molly picks up. But when she picks up, you kind of have a sense that she figures it's going to be James. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, Molly's doing this thing that felt very real to me where she is talking with him and she's like, nope, nope, we're not a thing. You can't call me. He's like, but you called me. Uh-huh. And you you can just feel that there's this real push pull that's happening internally for her. Where it's like the part of her that was drawn to James is still drawn to James. But 
the part of her that doesn't want to be drawn to James anymore is also <laughs> there. And so it's just that internal war that's happening. And in this moment, she's trying to win that war. <laughs> but, you know, James is probably encouraged by the fact that he got a call from her. Um, and it sounds like they didn't speak, but he saw her name on caller ID before she hung up. So. Yeah, and she does manage to hang up on him, but it's this really, really hesitant, like, am I going to hang up? Am I not? And James, of course, is on the other end being very threatening, saying, don't hang up. Don't you dare. Um, do you but you can also see in his voice, I think one of the things that I like about how they had him do this was he's trying he's trying to draw her in, right? So he's like, just meet with me. Mm-hmm. And he's got that sort of dulcet tone, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you're hanging up. Don't you hang up on me. You know, yeah, it's he, like, just, wow. He's trying he everything he can. Yeah. Right? You know, he's got all the tricks. And we've seen this all along, right? It's the, like, well, telling her to come s- here. And true. then, like, putting the hand on her shoulder. That's it's the, like, the, he starts yelling at her. And then she throws, you know, she steps back because he's holding her. And then he throws his hands up in the air. And he tries to reason with her. And, like, he goes back and forth, back and forth, trying to basically just Manipulate do anything he can. Yeah to get her to to be back with him. And we saw it too, you know, in the conversation that he had, well, anytime any of the other housemates or any of the other friends are around them when they're having these conversations, you've also seen that conflict of him trying to sort of draw in Molly while like telling everybody to back off in a very Mm -hmm. threatening way. And so now he's like fully doing that with Molly too. Um, But But you're right, I think we saw that before. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's their dynamic. Um, do you remember what music was playing? No, honestly, okay. the only real music that stuck out to me was the fact that they had like a lot of different like soft versions of holiday carols in the background for certain things, and then yes, they had like a specific music choice at the end that no yes. that was noteworthy to me. Not because I knew the song, but just because it was like they made a real point of it in the scene. Um, so it, it kind of bugged me through this whole episode because they do have some serious stuff going on and yet silent night is playing in the back or like some other, you know, Christmas Carol. And I'm like, this is so weird. Why are you making silent night creepy? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It was the holiday episode. Right. And I guess this is how they tried to do it. Um, I I had trouble with the music. Yeah, it seems fair. Well, all right. So now we're going to see that the problem that we thought was going to happen is really happening. Ben has a truck loaded full of trees. He's supposed to drive it because he's the one that can drive stick. And yep. he's really in a rush. Like he's probably mm-hmm. already late or very close to being like he knows he's going to be. He gets in the truck and the truck start oh. and he just freaks out behind the wheel <laughs> yeah he's just, just like damn it he's just like <laughs> slamming the steering wheel he's so frustrated i love mm. actually i love this 
cut this choice of how they cut this. Um, this is a nod to Stephen Gyllenhaal, I would say, the director, where they go from Ben frustrated in the car, like slamming his hands against the steering wheel, going, damn it. And then all of a sudden they do a really quick cut to him in the theater, walking briskly to try to catch up with, you could just see his face so serious. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm so late. You could just see it on his face and he's walking in this beautiful theater. And then he catches up with Felicity and her mom. I loved the cut between those two things. That's just... so funny because I found it really jarring. I think that was the I was... point. Yeah, but he's like in the car with the trees and then all of a sudden he's in the playhouse and I'm like, what happened to the trees, dude? Like you, I guess you got the car started and okay. Um, It just felt really like. Yeah, I didn't need to know what happened with the trees. I love, I just loved that choice. I loved how it was just so like, you know, that he just came from this hellhole of a situation where he was just fretting about like Felicity's mom the entire time. And then he's just like, put on brave face, walking quickly, <laughs> like must get to this appointment. Like it was just so, and then like to go from him being in like a very dark, like closed in dark inside the truck you know, narrow space. And then all of a sudden he's just in this beautiful hall. Yeah. Full of light with no people because they're all inside. Watching they're all the play. inside. And he's probably the only person in the building who's not working the event. Who's Besides... as rushed and frantic as he yeah. is, you know, like there. Felicity and her mom were just having conversations about a nice dinner and like, sp- mm-hmm. you know, this guy, <laughs> it's got a different vibe happening right now and um ben. it's n- through absolutely no fault of his own i mean he could have said no but still yeah i mean at a certain point yeah. sean's doing him favors so it's just like okay well so this is where it gets just it goes from bad to worse and we find some interesting information here too so first he says hi to miss porter mm-hmm. and she's like is hunter now yeah which felicity hadn't even wrapped her head around yet and she's like so she corrects him straight away she's like that's not who i am um (laughs) then they're like he's like i'm so sorry i'm late they're like it's fine just grab the tickets we'll go inside he's like oh i know i don't have the tickets it's one of those moments where like you want him to just smile and be like, I'm kidding, here they are. Mm-hmm. But no, it's real. It's like that nightmare you have where you haven't studied for the test and you're not wearing pants, except you're really there. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Bad. It's a nightmare. And um, and then Barbara Hunter drops <laughs> the not very subtle hands. She's like, you know what? And Phil's like, well, maybe let's just do the dinner. Barbara's like, no, you know what? I'm tired. Maybe I'll just go back to the hotel room. Phil's like, I'll I'll join you. We'll we'll make a whole thing of it. And then with an assumption like Ben would come. And then Ben's like, you two just go do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just sort of like, so, I mean, he's been through so much already. He's like, go have some quality time. There's basically nothing he can do except say, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, which he does, and he's honest about it. And then, and then Barbara, out of sheer politeness, is like, 
would you like to come with us? But when she says, would you like to come with us? It's with a clear undertone of Ben, you are not coming with us under any circumstances. That was something you were very not welcome to do. Yes. Ben reads the subtext and he's like, nope. You know what? (laughs) This is your thing. You go ahead. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. I'm telling you this actress, what's her name? Eve. Eve Gordon. Eve Gordon. Come on. Come on, Eve. Your yeah. your eye acting in the first episode. <laughs> your your do you want to come with us with the subtext of don't you ever think about coming with us right now? Um, I just she's just magic. Yeah, I mean everything from like <laughs> checking Ben's butt out alongside her daughter the first mm-hmm. time we see her to like Javier fangirling all over her. I mean. <sighs> what more what more could i really we want? enjoy this actress and i yeah. enjoy the character of barbara and Hunter. sometimes you find her so frustrating and sometimes yeah. you find her so compelling and sometimes you're just like what are you doing with those eyes Eve Gordon? <laughs> well yeah. I mean, she's got some questions which frankly i think are warranted like i I have been asking some of these questions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Felicity and her mom, they're going to have some quality time. And, and so Barbara, Barbara says, you know, does, does Ben get in a lot of fights? And Felicity, and Felicity ends up describing one that isn't the fight she had heard about. Exactly. That's she, I mean, she's, she's trying to minimize <laughs> it and she's making it way worse. Yeah. Uh, I was like, so there was more than one. How many fights has he been? No, it was just the just two. Because <laughs> at this there. point, Felicity is only knows that her mom only knows about the two. <laughs> so she's not going to be like, it was just the seven. No, it's yeah. not a thing <laughs> that she's going to not going to go there. Yeah. There um, was a beat down, but it was very quick on very clean, street. very clean street. And then there was a second beat down that was not as quick on a less clean street. Right. Yeah. And then there was pummeling a bunch of individuals separately. Yes. But many of whom he loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on. Um, yeah. So there yes. was a beer can at one point, but he was very sorry. He, he was, was very, very sorry. So sorry. He was so sorry. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed when, when they had this dialogue in the cab, I was just like, fish is going to love this. Yeah. Fish is going to love this I did. scene. The yeah. whole scene. And then and then her mom's gets into like, oh, she gets into school. Okay, great. So how how are your classes doing? What's Ben's major? <laughs> she she is just grilling Felicity. Yeah, it was the not so subtle segue straight through what Felicity's doing, right back to Ben not having a major. Yeah. Yeah. And Felicity's like, well, there's you know, none. She's like, but isn't he a junior? And she's like, but that's everybody changes yeah it's fine um (laughs) problem she's like well what subjects is he interested in surely he's close to arriving at this decision she's like you know what mom i think you have the wrong impression of ben she's like well all right um you know it's just uh okay she takes a breath Mm -hmm. she's like all right give me the right impression and again, I like the, I'm sure this was written into the script, but also the way that she delivered it, I thought was good. This whole, her first instinct mm-hmm. was to fight. to fight it, to get defensive about it, to, you know, pick the bone. But she does, she, she sort of swallows for a moment. She takes that breath and she's like, 
give me the right impression. I think maybe this is a product of having had enough experience with Felicity in college now, this more independent version of Felicity, where maybe she's seen the moments where her husband might have done something like that with Felicity and seen how it didn't perhaps yield the intended result. Or, I mean, I guess the way I read it was this is the more independent Barbara. This is Mm. always who she was. Mm -hmm. And it was her reactions to the way she was treated by her husband that maybe, you know, she was quiet a lot while he was there grilling her, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and she kind of got used to maybe this is how we treat on. Yeah. And it's like, Oh no. And then she's like, no, but wait, I actually get to say the thing that I want to say instead. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, I think there's lots of cool ways to look at, at her trying to, because at the end of the day, Barbara's trying to find herself. And that's something we start to see a little bit in this episode. But I think, I think that we'll sort of see little glimmers of that in the future as well. It's not that she's ever a huge character in this show, but I think the moments that we get her, we'll see that she's trying to build out her own world. And, um, and kudos to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really great. So, okay, we're going to go back to the loft that is now filled with trees. Now, did we say the line, though? Did Maybe I missed it. Oh. Felicity, just, you know, to give her mom the right impression, her whole, the, the whole thing she says is, I love him. Yeah. And, and we just kind of leave it there. Like, we don't really see any more back and forth. I mean, I would have more questions. Like... Great. You love him. What about the gun and the crack? Yeah. And the other fights. And I guess, you know, Felicity backing up her whole argument by saying I love him is something that because we know that Barbara's got like an avatar for what she thinks Ben represents. Mm -hmm. And because Felicity says I love him and that's her whole explanation. It makes the situation worse for Barbara, I think, instead of better, where I think she has a different reaction later when she has a conversation with Ben because it busts the avatar. Well, yeah. I mean, his just straightforward honesty and, yeah, you know, it just everything. Yeah. I mean, I the meaningful I love you argument can't be effectively made from Felicity's side. Like for Felicity to get through to Barbara in this moment, she needs to be like point one. He, you know, you know, like she needs to have a bullet pointed list with proof and facts and data and citations. And for Ben, there needs to be a genuine not being Paul Conrad um, <laughs> that needs to come across. So yeah. I think, I mean, she's her mom is getting a lot of information all at once yeah. and I can't really fault her for reacting to it. Yeah. But she does need a little more information because she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. So um, I think it's good that they sort of get her there over time. Yeah. Well, we're going to go to the loft now, which is filled with trees. Filled. With yeah, trees. it's completely filled with trees. And here's the thing. 
it must smell really good. And I could see this as like this winter wonderland, you know, you're walking through the trees and they make every scene with the trees a total bummer. Yeah. And I was really upset by that. I was like, this looks so pretty. I'd love to be walking, you know, around in these trees. Yeah. And they're just like, no, we're going to drop poop on it. In a way, maybe that's some of the choices that I liked in this episode with the sort of juxtaposition of things. It might be the same reason why I liked the shot from Ben in the truck to Ben walking briskly at the theater. Because it's sort of, this scene sort of has that same thing for me where we're going to see, we're gonna, we have a, I don't know, like a mid shot of Felicity and Ben. Uh, Felicity has arrived at the loft. And she's, I think, really unpacking her own lots of information about where her mom is with things and she's feeling seems like a bit guilty she's feeling bad about stuff with her mom she's i think jarred by the fact that she's now ms hunter like yeah her mom now goes by a totally different name um she's like and i sent that letter and i you know i don't again know. she's got to figure out with the letters i mean i just hopefully she didn't hand it to Megan because we know Megan doesn't mail things. That's the thing. Yeah. I think after, after all this, uh, Felicity is kind of softening on her or I don't know, like losing her conviction on her holiday plans. And she's just sort of breaking the news to Ben that I'm just thinking about maybe spending the holidays with her. And if you're Ben in that situation, how many times has Felicity been like, I'm thinking about doing something and she's already done it. Like she's already committed full, full bore. So it's a hundred percent. I mean, he's, he he just looks at her and he Mm -hmm. absolutely knows she's decided to spend Christmas with her mom. Yeah. And And it's tough too. He's just kind of like, what can he do? There's not really a lot, right? Because on the one hand, he doesn't feel great about what's being set up here between himself and Felicity's mom. He's he's pretty sure that the impression isn't being a good impression isn't being made. And but at the same time, like Felicity is raising delicate points about, you know, this change of dynamic between them, mm-hmm. Felicity and her mom. And like, you know, things are delicate with the whole family, probably. And, you know, what can he say? You know, he, if Ben digs in his heels here, it's not a good look. Um, No, but I also think he wouldn't, he wouldn't try to do that. Yeah. But I think he part, so he, he and Felicity have a number of these conversations sort of throughout where I feel like a lot is being left unsaid. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the first one where it's like, all right, she's thinking about having, you know, going and making sure her mom isn't alone on the holidays. Mm -hmm. Fine. But she's also kind of doing it because her mom has all this anxiety about Ben yeah which like how much of this is manipulation by the mom how much of this is uh guilt that is well placed from felicity about or or even not but that's just what she feels because she always felt that with her family Um, i feel like from at least from ben's perspective and he he'll go into it later it's a little bit like how much of her worry 
are you buying into? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're recognizing and legitimizing her concerns by, you know, saying maybe you'll go back with her instead of coming to Floyd. So I feel like slowly over time, he's like getting more and more upset mm-hmm. because he feels like, you know, Felicity and her, and her mom like are starting. like mom is almost turning her. You know, yeah, like- turning her or not even um it's it's sort of like dialing up Felicity's own concerns. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Ben is coming from a place of like Felicity's mom is changing her mind about me. It's more like these are concerns Felicity already has and mm-hmm. has had, and they're based on his own insecurities. Yeah. I think that's but a really I like good point. That he- he addresses it later. Yeah. And I think your point about, you know, conversations where things are left unsaid in this conversation, Ben almost doesn't speak. So almost everything he's thinking is left unsaid here. And we are going to get, see that he sort of starts to put more and more of his thoughts in. I actually really like Ben in this episode. I think, Um, I think it's really interesting. There's a lot to, there's a lot for us to talk about with Ben. Um, There's a, a lot for Noel too honestly and felicity's mom and pretty much everyone but james (laughs) right like they just never try to give james a lot but the yeah i think you're right i think it's just about everybody here gets like a lot of cool depth and conflict um so what i love about the way they end this scene is we go into a wide shot kind of almost angled down at felicity and ben where you can just see all the trees in the apartment and it's so just this very like mystical setting uh-huh. almost it, in, in another situation it would be an enchanting setting but there's right? just this horrid conversation happening yes. that's really like high like all this stuff is yes. under it i love it's that like as i said it's like this magical forest that they're throwing crap all over i love it, it upsets me because who needs a magical forest without the crap is what i want to know um me we I just want the magical switched optimist versus cynic roles. I think for a moment, there. I don't think so because you said it's wonderful the way it is, oh. and I said <laughs> it's a crap-filled forest. Ah. <laughs> there I was trying to be optimistic about our change of roles, and you're like, "No, we didn't change roles." Listeners, yeah. what do you make of us? <laughs> That's my question. Um, We're friends. We're friends. So we're going to head back to the ladies' apartment where we're getting a Barbara and Noel scene, which was actually kind of a delightful pairing, to be honest with you. It really is. I I mean, this was pretty well telegraphed that Mm -hmm. she was going to just love Noel. But the two of them, I mean... Yeah, Noel's talking about Loser Pet Store and Barbara is eating it up. She's like, can I get Dijon mustard with this? She's just like slathering on the condiments. She's smiling. She's loving the character. She's loving the ideas. She's Well, she loves the, she loves, I think, the fact that he's got a direction, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also the way that Noel talks about Felicity, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, you know the advice at least I was given is like, if you're meeting your boyfriend's mother for the first time, you just always tell her like what a wonderful son she raised and like all of the good things. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's 
that's what she wants to hear. And Noel feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just, he's charming her. He's completely charming her. And Felicity is going to arrive in the middle of this. And she's like, oh, you guys are, you guys are talking about, and and Barbara had a plan, Mm -hmm. but Barbara was going to stick around, but she's like, Barbara's like, you know what? You two spend time together. Exactly. Unlike Ben, who she was like, don't even bother calling him. If he's late or doesn't show up, cool. She's like, no, no, no. I will excuse myself because I want you two to have quality time working on Loser Pet Store. Um, I'll just go shopping. It'll be fine. She invites Noel to dinner. Yeah. Which you don't at this moment understand the context for how awkward that is. But then when you later see that it's going to be Ben and Felicity and Noel. (laughs) That is exactly who I thought was coming to dinner. That is like a hundred percent. When she invited Noel to dinner, I was like, oh, that's going to be awkward. That's weird. Because clearly she's trying to like throw Noel in front of Felicity and get it of Ben. Yeah, it's not great. <sighs> All right, so we're back to the loft. Megan is walking amongst the trees. I can't help it. I love this fight they're going to have. Just, just, you know, fight it. of the week. Yeah. Whose idea was the it's trees? Amazing. Megan is certain that she proposed this idea to Sean. She runs a list of all the ideas that she proposed around alongside it. Yeah, months She's ago. Like, it was one of these five that I mentioned months ago. One and of the then, barely legal, legal ideas for making quick cash. Yeah. And Sean's like, wait, well, what are you talking about? This was in my idea book. She's mm-hmm. like, show me. He's like, it was stolen in a robbery. <laughs> Uh he's like are you accusing me of lying and she's like yes my (laughs) idea cut me in on the profits 50 50 he's like can't even be done richard's got 25 percent she's like rich or 20 percent he's not even worth 20 what are you talking about what is this and uh yeah so So she wants to cut in 50 50 yeah and Um, uh here sean i think makes a big mistake I'm not I'm not loving this line from Sean. He's given me Noel season one vibes on this Uh-oh. one. Uh, all the profits are going to be spent on you anyway. So why do you care where, you know, the money goes? I mean, yeah, not OK. Well, this is going to result in breakup number 532 yes. between them. Um, but if, don't worry, folks. They were going to be back together by the end of the episode. It's okay if you were worried that the trees were going to be their undoing. It's not to be. No, just we have to remember this is their kink. They break up and they make up. That's That's what they do. Well, okay, look, we're going to go to a darker scene here. So Molly and Ben are coming back to the ladies' apartment. They're coming off of the elevator, going to the door to get in. Note that Ben is walking Molly home. He is walking Molly home. Does he walk Felicity home? Like, when when has he ever walked Felicity home by saying he's walking Felicity home to, like, protect her? It's true. No. But he's walking Molly home. Or at least they haven't shown us that. So when they get to the door, James is hanging in the hallway on the stairwell. Yeah. They They have given him this hat. That is just a really unfortunate hat. Um, it covers up all his beautiful hair and just kind of makes him, I don't know, 
guess kind of look like a regular guy, but because he's taller than Ben and he's, I don't know, becomes, he's less beautiful with the Mm -hmm. hat on. And so I guess he can become more menacing. Yeah. Um, So James, James is confused, man. It's like you, Molly's telling him to to scram, but he's like, you called me again. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was still the same. Oh, I don't know. I interpreted that she was, it was more than one call, but um, Uh, it could be either way. Anyway, like he's stuck on this. It's like, but you called me and she's like, just, I I don't want to talk. Ben's jumping in now and he's trying to be like, you gotta, gotta leave, man. And he's just like very like aggressive hand motions stay out of this um james's james's james is like very much trying to be like quiet quiet you like i'm trying to have a conversation with molly which is really what the other two were trying to avoid so it's just this very tense molly is she is literally hiding behind ben yeah she's taken a step back behind him and you know, James is now used to this, the type of interaction with Ben, where Ben is soft spoken, eyes down, mollifying, de escalating. Mm-hmm. And Ben still clearly looks scared, you know? Yeah. But he's like, I'm not staying out of it. I and mean, as I said, he's got this chip on his shoulder throughout this episode where he, he is not happy with the way that he had to act because of the gun and james just he he's i don't know he's clearly unstable and i don't know exactly why he's doing this whether he's like just getting off on it or he thinks it's funny but he's like trying to scare ben a bit he's like you know stepping and stepping towards him quickly and ben is not balking He's like, I'm Yeah, he's trying to right make Ben flinch, flinch literally in this yeah. scene. And and Ben doesn't. Ben stands mm-hmm. his ground, but you can tell he's yeah. freaked he's on the inside. And James is just, it looks like James is about to leave. I don't know if he actually did leave at this moment, because this is the end of the scene. But when we're going to see Ben describe the situation later, it makes it sound like it took a little more than this to make James leave. Um, so I don't actually, well, let's, let's actually talk about, so uh, we're going to see dinner happening. The dinner that was, we knew was going to be so awkward mom. But and- I do want to say just really quickly in that last scene, I do think in that last scene, James was supposed to be high the way that he was kind of acting yeah, sort of off and like, sort of coming at Ben and then smiling about it. I It seemed like he was a little off. It, it, it comes off that way. I think also, I think there must have been a note here for Eddie Cahill to just always play James with like the craziest eyes you can. Because <laughs> yeah. Eddie Cahill has really striking eyes, but they don't always come off this way. And I think he was making a real intentional choice in how he holds his face in almost every scene that he's in to just be a little unhinged. Mm. um both in like the way he lets his mouth drop and his eyes and just um his heads to the side he's really it's a choice he seems to be making because it don't feel like this about him in every role that he plays so he's 
he yeah it probably is something like that um but so we're when we get to the dinner scene uh, barbara hunter and felicity and noel are already there waiting for ben and ben shows up late and um a little bit into the scene not too far in ben points out that he walked molly home and that they ran into james and it took forever for him to leave yeah, I thought that was just kind of a reason it he was felt late. like forever. I think yeah. that was his excuse for like, you know, I'm late, you know, so it, this is why, because I was walking Molly home, it took forever. And uh, I wasn't um, sure if it also entailed like maybe James left right away, but that then he needed to calm down Molly or they wanted to make sure he stayed away or, you know, like it was hard to, a little I hard to read judge. too much more into that other than ben was just excusing the fact that he was late okay but it could but this i mean this hey look this dinner is as awkward as you want it to be really i mean yeah so (laughs) mostly's mom's like have you seen loser pet store ben how great (laughs) is that project my daughter's working on with noel Um, i know and ben walks in he's like oh noel didn't know he was coming yeah um and then of course Noel, Noel just keeps bringing up things that he should not bring up. So first he brings up rehab. And so like, Barbara's like, wait a minute, Molly's in rehab. And then Noel's like, well, I mean, and he starts talking about the gun again. And, yeah, you know, all this stuff, which he just keeps sticking his foot in his mouth. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I really don't. I was going to ask. So uncomfortable. He's just, he's starting to, what's the word I'm looking for? He's having like a polite meltdown. Yeah. It's, he's getting over talkative Um, and sharing, he's sharing too much. And the thing is that's unfair about this too, is that some of this stuff I feel like could also be like, when he's like, how's rehab? He's talking about Molly, but it could sound like it was Ben. And that's, that's not fair. You know, like the, you know, Ben's already got enough shade around him. They don't need to paint all this extra in with another brush, you know, like it's just, I I don't get the sense that Barbara took it that way because she says, oh, Molly, you know, but. Well, no, Felicity, I think jumps in and it's like, oh yeah, Molly's in rehab. Yeah, it's just this weird, like, not all of this is Ben's thing. Like, no, it's Ben's not. But issue. I, it's Ben pro- trying to protect them from an issue that he maybe shouldn't even yes. be protecting them from. But I mean, it's not, he doesn't have all these layers of baggage. He only has a few layers of baggage. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. has slightly fewer layers of baggage than yeah. perhaps he is being portrayed as having. But, yeah. I don't think Noel's doing it on purpose. I think things are just coming out of his mouth and these are the things he's thinking about um, because, you know, Ben's late and he, he was walking Molly home. So the first thing out of Noel's mouth is, ah, how's that going? Yeah. You know, just trying to make so, conversation that Noel. Yeah. And so then when the word gun gets brought up again, Barbara's like, oh yes, the boy with the gun. But Ben's like, mm-hmm. there was no gun. No there gun. was no gun. He left. It's fine. No problem. And then Barbara's just had enough. So she yeah. makes a beeline to the bathroom. Felicity and follows again, her. 
this is this is the juxtaposition juxtaposition that I love is like this restaurant and this bathroom, which is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen a bathroom that looks like this. I mean, there are fresh flowers everywhere. I mean, it's like I I would live in this bathroom. Oh. Um, it's gorgeous. And 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 yet they're having to have this conversation about drugs and guns and it's all messy all the mess yeah they're bringing it into the beautiful bathroom and you know felicity is putting some context around it like you know that ben's just trying to protect us barbara's like ben's in college he's an undergrad he can't protect you from stuff like this he's not a police officer yeah that's what she says correct and i'm like fair now she's really freaking out Mm-hmm. and she's i'm worried like, and she's yeah. making that very very clear but there's also an extra context of like you know this whole ben's i wasn't sure at first if she was going in the direction of like ben's lost but then it looks like it steers you know a hard right towards ben ben's a bad boy he's like paul conrad that i knew when i was yeah. your age or he's trouble Basically, he's trouble with a capital yeah. t uh you know, she's like, he doesn't have a major, you know, he gets in fights, he associates with drug users, and, you know, he's this this kind of bad bad boy. And, and I know what that's like. And so and she brings up this guy named Paul Conrad, who clearly was trouble in her past. But that she obviously had a thing for. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Barbara is openly suggests that felicity should date noel in all fairness felicity did ask she, she did. was like well if you don't want me to bait and date ben who do you want me to date that was that was an I, error I that mean, was you a, ask you get yeah. the answer and but then she doesn't just give a simple answer she's like date noel because he's in love with you like and well, he's more great. than that and he is awesome and he well, is the parrot or no he's the turtle and he's, he's in love with the parrot yeah, she's like, he's focused, he's smart, he's adorable, he's in love with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is every, like, parent's wet dream, right? But, oh, if only Leon had met. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, couldn't Felicity just look at her mom and, and say, Noel's married? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, end, right? the conversation ender <laughs> is Noel is currently married. Married. Um to a woman who lives in germany and is out like it's just and is out dating beethoven yeah it's Um, just a lot um i did i don't understand her reaction here because so her mom says yeah the turtle's in love with the parrot and you're the parrot and he's the turtle but felicity doesn't actually communicate anything with her mother she just gets frustrated she doesn't yeah. actually say, well, here are the good things about Ben. And here's the fact that Noel's married. And mm-hmm. here's the fact that he stalked Tyra Banks. Oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, there are a lot like, of did things. did I tell you about the when he stole this woman's email password <laughs> and just showed up ever? Like, there is, there is some, there is another side of what you could share about Noel. But yeah, yeah. you're right. She just puts her foot down. She says, I'm going back to the table where I'm going to sit with my boyfriend, Ben, and my friend, Noel, is what I'm going to do. Uh, see you there. Very <laughs> like, much. It, yeah, it was just sort of a button they put on that scene there. And then... We're going to see the aftermath of this at the loft. 
another awkward loft conversation with Ben and Felicity. And Ben is just still mad. I still feel like he's got this chip on his shoulder and he's just mad at, at the world, at everything. He's just, he's just upset. Yeah. But he's saying more in this scene than we saw in the last scene he had with Felicity, where he's like, I think your mom set me up. Mm -hmm. And Felicity is being defensive around like, look, it's hard for her. Be compassionate. You know, there are all these factors in her life right now. He's like, yeah, but nonetheless, like she didn't have to set me up. Yeah, that was a choice. These two things coexisted at that table or on this trip in general. Um, And he's calling her mom obnoxious. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's putting Felicity in a really tight spot because on the one hand, it's her mom. It's her first holiday alone. She understands she may be concerned about a few things. Um. And on the other hand, her mom has told her to she doesn't like Ben and she wants her to date Noel. So like she, she's got to kind of understand where Ben's coming from because he's mm-hmm. feeling something. And he feel, and, he feels insecure about the fact that this whole idea of him not having plans mm-hmm. is becoming a topic of conversation and something that may be in Felicity's head. And, um, and then Felicity is going to say the she's words. She's going to snap a little. Yeah. She asks, are you like, are you frustrated because my mom made you admit you have no plans or because you have no plans? And that is such a loaded question to ask. And unfortunately we are not going to get to see the answer. No, but I think there's also an option three here, right? Is it because my mom made you admit it because you have none or because I think you have no plans? You know, it's like, there is or because she's judging him yeah which is where he's gonna go with it we're gonna find out in the next in the next scene but we don't know in this immediate moment how that conversation was finished or what the answer was to that but i think it is sort of a mic drop um some it's a big thing for ben to chew on that question that came out of felicity's mouth and um it's both the question and it's who asked it and how she asked it. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot to. He's got a lot, lot to sift through on that. In the meantime, we're going to go back to the lady's apartment where we're going to see Molly and another scene where James calls her. Yes. She is still picking up the phone in the apartment, which she probably shouldn't be doing. Probably not. No. So that I think will tell you that she's still sort of drawn in by this, but she gets on the phone and he's, he's basically warning her not to like stop the conversation. Well, he starts with, I love you. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I can't do this. I can't see you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. I'm hanging up. And he says, yeah, I'm warning you do not hang up. And she takes it for what it is and she's like don't threaten me Mm -hmm. and she hangs up she says goodbye her last words are to say goodbye and um i is that the last scene like that we see between them i think so right i think so yeah so in theory 
maybe we're meant to think that her don't talk to me, don't want to see you, don't want to talk to you, goodbye, was actually her trying to be final about it. Um, eh. I don't know. I mean, is there ever a final with these Probably two? not. I mean, just in terms, or, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe eventually you get to that point with any relationship that gets into the space like this, but. Um, I feel like this relationship ends with violence, cops, jail, something. Mm-hmm. Like th- this relationship doesn't just go away. Yeah. Like she needs to change her name and like move. Yeah. Yeah. But if sleeping with the enemy taught us nothing. Um, anyway, <sighs> yes. so Epstein bar, that's where we're going now, where Sean is trying to butter up Megan. In a very interesting way. He gives her the gift of a leather whip. Which she loves, but <laughs> clearly it scares Sean that she loves it. Like, she kind of flicks it at him, and he, like, jumps back. Yeah. So I'm like, why would you give this to her? Like, if you know that you're going to be on the receiving end of this. Yeah. Why is this your present that you finally decide? Like, go with the non-breathable panties if you have to. Yeah, that might be the way to go. So, Megan, you know, I guess she thinks maybe they're past the conversation they were having before where they basically broke up. She's now got this gift. Maybe she thinks of it as a peace offering. She's like, hey, let's go to Radio City. You want to do that? She's forgotten. I think she's just forgotten about the trees mm-hmm. and and how mad she was. Yeah. And so she wants to do something Christmassy with him, like something corny. I mean, he's given her, you know, the perfect present. Um, and now she wants to go to Radio City with him. And yeah. He's like, sorry, can't do reminder. it. Gotta, gotta deal with the trees. She's like, the what now? <laughs> yeah. Didn't we have this guy? Did that did, not go away? Did, didn't, yeah. It's like, oh, so you're still, you're a thief is what you are. You're an idea stealer and you're still doing yeah. the idea. Well, and she's like, you aren't, I mean, you're going to cut me in on them. And I love this line. She's like, you're going to cut me in on them. I'm holding a whip. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's just like, nope, not happening. And then there's this weird thing where she calls him a cheapskate and She's like, you need to leave. I'm throwing you out of a restaurant. Oh, do you want me to leave? That means you'll have to pay the bill. Oh, oh, I knew that would get you up. Like, do we know this about Sean? Is he a cheapskate? I've never seen that before. Well, they had a whole summer together because they went to, they they stayed at her parents' villa, right? Yeah. Um, But but we, like, I'm wondering if we've seen this because... I don't know. It it bugs me a little bit because it is obviously like a Jewish stereotype Mm -hmm. and I'm not loving that as soon as he like is associated with becoming more, you know, Jewish, like becoming more religious that all of a sudden this is put on him. So I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of wondering, did I miss it earlier? Or like, has he always been like, or is this the first time? No, but I think that she comes from money. Like she's never, she's never said this to him before. I don't think she's ever said it to him. Yeah, but I think that it is something that'll come up again later. In terms of, um, I think when they're thinking of their summer plans for the summer coming up, 
it's something that rears its head again, where he's trying to come up with a place to do a cheap summer. And she's like, she has more expensive ideas. Um, So I think it's, I think it's a thing in their relationship. And I think it's part of how, how they're, I just wish what their actual positions in life are. Yeah. I just wish it had been brought up like maybe sooner than it was like an ongoing thing with him because he's always letting Ben like skip on the rent. Mm -hmm. Like why would picking up a meal be, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's hard to say, right? It's hard to know what Sean's real financial position is because then on the other hand, he couldn't like sign, you know, when Ben was trying to get a loan, Sean wasn't an option because his money is all, you know, like tied up and, you know, it's just this weird. And then they talk about the the loft being rent controlled and I, I don't know, it's hard to get a real sense He's of. Pretty far out on these, uh, these trees and Megan certainly isn't going to help. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's not. She's going to call the fire department. Give him a heads up mm-hmm. that there's yeah, a fire cool. hazard to be to be dealt with. So we're going to head from here to um, the ladies' apartment where Felicity and Noel are working on Loser Pet Store. Very well. They're working really nicely together. Yeah. And um, Felicity is, I think, really sorting through all the information she's gotten since her mom's been in town. She's like... But I mean, mom was okay with Ben at the restaurant, right? And I was like, no, so mm-hmm. awkward. Um, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. Uh, and she's like, but she lightened up, right? He's like, nope, not didn't at all. Know that never happened. I just, I started talking because I was so uncomfortable. I think I talked too much. And Felicity's like, yep, you did. Yeah. I mean... So then Noel's going to cap this off with a very meaningful line for Felicity now that she's got this idea planted in her head that Noel is actually the turtle in Loser Pet Store. Noel says, does the turtle look okay? I mean, he's such a loser. Hmm. And Felicity's like, no, he's not. But, you know, had this com- had this question come up two days before that, she would not have the context of yeah. Noel basically calling himself a loser She'd probably be like, yeah, it's Loser Pet Store. They're all losers. Yeah. That was the point of Loser Pet Store. Um, but she does say here that her mom absolutely loves Noel. And yeah. Noel's just like, yeah, no kidding. Like, moms love me. That's yeah. who I am. So I think that's, you know, we're just getting a little bit more more layers to that conversation now we're going to head to a tracy and elena scene with pastor kathy who has a pastor kathy is in sign on her desk (laughs) and she is she's got some stuff to say and elena does not want to hear it well i do think that um so pastor you know this is really about the types of things Tracy and Pastor Kathy are probably talking about, which is, you know, taking responsibility for your sins, which Tracy considers the fact that they had sex a sin. Elena does not. So it's a, it's a weird like dynamic in this conversation because on the one hand, Elena can be in this conversation, just trying to gather and absorb information about Tracy's 
viewpoint, his religion, like this is the world that Tracy's in. But what I get in this scene is that the points of view are very much at odds and there's not really an agree to disagree happening here. Um, Yeah. I mean, what I, I do agree with that, but I think what struck me is pastor Kathy is talking and she says a bunch of stuff and then Elena is talking and she says, you know, kind of the opposite right mm-hmm. and then pastor kathy is talking and saying well you know you have to figure out like what you want separately like and you know what do you want separately what do you want together you know who isn't talking during this scene tracy, tracy. i mean the thing is every time pastor kathy opens her mouth tracy's resonating and nodding and like grinning you know and elena isn't seeing that yeah you know elena's saying i don't feel like i send in this situation you know she's pastor kathy's saying you know premarital sex is lust not love elena's like you can't you can't tell me how i feel and um i think it was pertinent that pastor kathy used the term crossroads in the relationship because it's also the title of the program that Mm -hmm. Tracy was accepted into I just I think the fact that Tracy is nodding his head vigorously to everything Pastor Kathy is saying and that honestly this is not Elena's viewpoint she doesn't share this viewpoint and they're not going to come out of this with Elena being changed to that point of view so I think that's just information that Tracy needs to take in Um, and I think it is information that he takes in the mm -hmm. but I don't think that elena does the same for tracy like i feel like tracy is sitting there and he is listening to pastor kathy and he is listening to elena and he is taking in this information and he is going to process it and analyze it Mm -hmm. in his own way and elena is sitting there sort of trying to make a point She's like, here's well, how I feel. Like the Bible won't tell me what's in my like. She's yeah. having a conversation with the pastor that it doesn't even really involve Tracy. She's she's not looking at him at yeah. all. I think that um, on the one hand, I agree that I think um, Tracy is listening. Elena, I don't think is listening as much to to Tracy's viewpoints or like the this world that he's in but at the end of the day even if she were i see them both as not moving in their positions yeah i I don't think either of them no matter how much listening they're doing i think that these are really uh polarized positions of how they want to live their lives and i don't see with any amount of listening either of them changing their their point of view on this so it's it's um and I put that just as much onto Tracy as I do onto Elena because I think they're just beliefs that they both hold. And um so it's tricky, right? Because I think in a conversation like this, you hope that something like that'll be brought to light. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, how do you make these two viewpoints work together? Really, if we both have them and they're both not moving. I what mean, do you do? There are 
atheists and religious people who have relationships. There are people of different faiths who have relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, you know, a hundred percent like irreconcilable differences here. I think the main issue is that Elena's not listening. Like she, she has, it's almost like it's not, it's not that she's sort of trying not to hear him. It's, it's almost like a blind spot for her. It's like, she doesn't even know that she's not listening. Mm -hmm. She's just sort of moving forward. I don't see her asking any questions, at least not ones where she's not being a little manipulative. Like, do you hate me now? Like, do you, you know, regret this? It, it's just, I don't know. Like, I feel like Tracy takes this all in and reads the situation correctly and brings it up to Elena, who Mm -hmm. is then floored by the fact that like, Hey, reality. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, even if Elena were listening, it seems to me that for her, a healthy relationship equals a sexually active one. And in ways that Tracy's not comfortable to go to the places that she wants to, um, that she hasn't been satisfied to stop at the points where Tracy wants to stop. So I neither is he. Yeah. So I think like, I do think that I imagine in the types of relationships you talked about that you've seen work or that you know can work some amount of compromise has to happen somewhere Mm -hmm. like but I'm not sure that they're setting up for me like where that compromise would happen because they're both very polarized on this and compromise is they get married right yeah and the question is like what type of relationship and where does Elena need to be to get married? And can she wait, you know, long enough to have a sexual relationship for that to happen? Mm -hmm. And on Tracy's side, does Elena have the things in a person that he wants to marry and what does he need to be ready? Mm -hmm. And, you know, is Elena going to, you know, be able to wait and, and, you know, be okay with the relationship that they have until that time. And then if they did wait, and I mean, I guess now we've taken this question off the table. If they did wait and then she found out that they're actually really not sexually compatible, then you're married. So it's like, she's now taken that off the table. She knows that they had a good experience, but they just violated his boundaries to get there. So it's just very like, I don't know. Yeah. It's all so murky. But all right, well, let's uh, let's go into another kind of weird scene uh, that we kind of yada yada over a little bit here. But I, I I'm going to throw my note from an optimist into it. So um, mm. we're at the loft. Ben and Richard are moving lots of trees. Sean shows up, and then who else shows up? Fire, Fire Marshal Howard. Yay! Um, I mean, I, look, I shouldn't say yay because obviously. But like, I don't know. There's something jolly about Fire Marshal Howard. I'm going to say. Here's my note from an optimist. Fire Marshal Howard is downright decent as a human being, okay? (laughs) He shows up in a loft that if you put a capacity for humans in it, it would be far less than the number of trees, flammable (laughs) objects that are in this building. 
all of which are not currently getting sufficient water. So they're Uh drying out inside this building and becoming even more of a fire hazard. And he shows up, doesn't instantly find them. He's just having a chat. He's like, you're going to remove these trees, right? And then Sean tries to offer him a bribe. Yeah. And instead of being like, that's illegal. um, Now you're going to get an even bigger fine. (laughs) He's just like... To slap on the wrist keep moving on what i enjoy is that in the background ben's like laughing so hard yeah. when sean tries to bribe fire marshal howard <laughs> but at the end of the day fire marshal howard thank you for having some some holiday spirit mm-hmm. thank you for not gouging sean <laughs> like price gouging him with fines which he really deserved to get yes um i i thank you you sir offered a great act of kindness maybe not one of great safety (laughs) but you know what a what a lesson for us all in compassion we got from fire marshal howard yeah i'm i'm also a fan of of the fire marshal uh howard and all of his i don't know i felt like he was just sort of i don't know as yeah. jolly as we were going to get <laughs> for it's this episode. Yeah. And uh, he's going to move along the plot because they've got to get the trees to the lot. And it's a huge investment for Sean. And Sean is not going to pass the love along to Ben. He's, in fact, going to extort him. Yeah. Say, so, you know, I let you be rent, you know, late on rent all the time. And, you know, Ben is, ben is like, these trees are ruining my life. He ultimately agrees shirt. to do it, but yeah. 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 It's, 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 the trees are a real mess for Ben here. But I think that's I think I bet I think Ben's also displacing a little bit of his frustration onto the trees as well. Like the trees are making yeah. things difficult. But uh I think the real problems here are Felicity's lack of confidence in him, Felicity's <laughs> mom's lack of his own lack of confidence in himself. Uh-huh uh noel sidling in here like i think he's got i think james might be a little bit of an issue a little um, bit a little yeah. bit I yeah mean, I think but i mean he did get sap on his shirt and they yeah. ruined his favorite chair so i mean it's also a little bit the trees yeah well felicity is going to arrive she's going to see this whole mess of trees and ben having to work amongst the trees and she's like ah oh, but can't you come to the party yeah I want you there. Ben's like, yeah, I'm not interested in having a conversation about nothing when there's something here. Um, <laughs> he Because he's but still he's, been he's sort of chewing mad. on yeah. this point about the no plans thing that Felicity yeah. said. He's like, that really sounded like a judgment coming from you. Mm-hmm. And he he says, you know, I know you. Like, this bothers you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say that that you're not bothered, but you, you're you disappointed, you know, when it came out in front of your mother. And Felicity's going to try to defend herself and be like, no, I was just uncomfortable for you. Um, I've, been, this... I've been saying, yeah, yeah, but there's a reason you felt uncomfortable, right? Like you can admit that I was put on the spot, that your mom put me on the spot in that situation. Yeah. You know, like, that's okay defend. to say. Yeah. 
He's like, you don't have to defend her. This is another one where I think even though he does say stuff, there's just so much subtext. So much more. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was intrigued by the way he sort of wraps this up where he yeah. says, I couldn't tell where this was coming from, where he said, I mean, maybe, maybe you should spend Christmas with your mom. Maybe she needs you. Maybe that's where you should be. He didn't, he wasn't saying it in a tone. What did you feel like he was saying? I feel like he, he had two different tones. He, he starts out by saying, maybe you should spend Christmas with your mom. And then the, maybe she needs you part was softened. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely frustration and like some anger, like he's still just mad and kind of snappy. I feel like the maybe she needs you part was him kind of taking a breath mm-hmm. and stabilizing his own tone. But I don't think it was genuine. I don't think he's genuinely saying this. I think he's yeah. mad and he's kind of pushing her away it's almost a like a test like are you gonna go with her see that's the thing i was trying to decide does it feel like he's baiting her does it feel like he's challenging her and i came away thinking he wasn't and it might have been because of the way he softened when he said maybe she needs you but i was trying to decide if it doesn't land in that place where does it land for me and i think the that I think maybe he's a little tired. I think he like of the, um, I, I think it, the, the idea of his sort of like inadequacy is a little exhausting in this moment. Um, I could that, that he doesn't maybe want to think about it that much or that, you know, I mean, is it compassion for her mom? I don't know that it's that for me, but I think it's like, uh, it doesn't feel like a challenge to me, I, but I think there's like a disappointment there or a tiredness about it that resonated. I could, in- I could see disappointment. I could see tired, but I, what it, what it comes down to for me at the end is if she spends Christmas with her mom, mm-hmm. he is not going to be happy. And while he is saying, maybe you should do this, that is not genuine he Mm -hmm. actually does want to be with her over the holidays and like whether it's a knowing test or whether it's a i just don't want to deal with this in this moment at the end of the day if she doesn't spend the holidays with him it's going to really bug him but i do think that it's all context right because i think if if it weren't the issue of this like feeling of inadequacy that and this feeling of her judgment, I think that she's made a really good case for why her mom does need to be with her, why she Mm -hmm. needs to be with her mom. And I think there's a world where Ben could be okay with that. Like they've had this relationship in the past where it's like, you need to go off and do this thing. You go off and do this thing. And they'll, you know, like we've seen them make those choices and, um, and it could be like that here, but because built into this conversation is this judgment of Ben, 
it can't get to that place unless that part's resolved, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, as I said, he's got this huge chip on his shoulder that's like growing. I think part of it is the James stuff. I think part of it is now, you know, the inadequacy, not just from, you know, being able to protect them, but also now on the whole, what is my life going to be Mm -hmm. part. And it's, just like all of Ben's being, right, is being judged. And, and he mm-hmm. can't really see because this chip is so big, you know, he, he can't really, I don't know, like see eye to eye with Felicity. It's just it's getting in the way. But when um, you say chip on the shoulder, I think I have sort of like a, a connotation for that expression that's sort of like petulant. Um, and I don't see him being that way here. I see him being, um, I actually feel like he's trying to be as mature as he knows how to be. Um, I think that he's, there are a lot of different ways that he could be taking this conversation. We saw the way that he took this exact scenario when Felicity rewrote his paper. And we're seeing a different behavior from him than that. And I think there's a growth there because in that same thing, the issue was still that she was, she, he felt she was saying he was stupid. And frankly, I don't know how else you interpret her actions there um, in a way. So this, this is sort of coming from that same place of like, she doesn't think I'm good enough, like, but he's not going freshman year Ben on her where he's like shutting her out and being snarky and like giving her the silent treatment when he's not being snarky, he's doing something with a little more growth and he's saying fewer things that he can't take back, you know, and he's, he is saying words that look like it's coming from her point of view, but I think under it, there is like, he's hurt. And I think he's saying uh, a greater percentage of what he's feeling and he's trying to communicate it, but it's not a hundred percent. I don't know. I do see it as progress when compared up against that incident, but um, he, he, there's, it's not like he's not going to win awards for communication, but he's, I don't know. I, I feel like he's trying to do the best he can and he's not, he's not saying stuff that he won't be able to walk back. Yeah. I mean, he's, I feel like the first, you know, from the first moment we see him in this episode, he's already upset Mm -hmm. and he's upset because of how he's had to deal with James. Right. And it comes out in what he's saying, which is if there hadn't been a gun there, like things would have gone down differently. Yeah. And it's like, it just builds on that. And, and I do agree. He is, he is definitely communicating more, but this go spend Christmas with your mom. Maybe she needs you. I think is pretty much shutting her off. Like, let's just go separate our separate ways, you know, for a while. And I mean, I, I see that as kind of reverting, you know, Mm. he has been trying to communicate. It's just, it's hard. 
and with so much else going on, it's hard. And, and, you know, so I, I think it's good that, that this is taken out of their hands. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think a lot of the stuff he's doing just comes from a place of frustration and anger and being kind of snappy. Yeah. Um, it's not exactly, it's not exactly taken out of her, out of their hands. He takes an action that then led to it being taken out of their hands. And I think that's worth noting. Um, that's true. Because we're going to get to, a, a, I think, a pretty interesting scene. Um, I mean, he didn't specifically ask. No, but he, he did the, spend the holidays. Let's put a pen in that because we're going to get to that two scenes yeah. from now. Uh, so we'll we'll just briefly go back to the girl's apartment where Elaine is there. Tracy comes to the door. Elena's laying down in an amazing red leather skirt. It is so fantastic. Yeah. And she's Tracy. just going to have to roll her way out. She's going to roll her way off the bed to go answer the door and see Tracy. Yeah. You know, I think to sort of sum this up, Tracy is, Tracy has been racking his brain and his heart and his soul and everything to figure out what the solution is for the conflict that he's been feeling in this relationship. And he comes to the door and he's like, you know, you were the first thing that ever made me doubt my beliefs um but the thing is we both know that you're not okay with my belief system yep and i don't know what the options are for me here it's like i've been in my head so much thinking about this that i think i just have to get out of my head mm-hmm going to crossroads that's i'm going to do it and i think it really squarely places this decision it's not just about like oh he you know it's a great spiritual opportunity it's a great you know it's a great opportunity for my career it's like i also just i've had enough of just rat like having this rattle around in my brain with no changes you know i just something needs to shift and maybe that thing is me doing this yeah but I do think it's important to look at the way that he says it. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, um, you know, I've, I've been looking inside and I haven't found the answers. So I'm looking in the wrong place, mm-hmm. which, and, and then his result is, you know, so I'm going to do crossroads. And to me, this is, it sounds like it's coming from a very spiritual place still. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, he's saying, you know, I need to get out of my head, but it's like, he's looking to this other experience that he's being guiding, guided towards to continue to guide him. Um, so like, it seems to me like Tracy is, as you said, like not really moving on this. Mm-hmm. right it's like he's struggling he says he's struggling he's analyzing he's trying to figure it out and he's just like i i need some other guidance i need to look somewhere else for the answers because i don't have them in me mm-hmm. yeah so there's that decision right and um and that's that's where they are there's going to be a little distance there for them and um 
Let's head to Dean and DeLuca. Where the saddest version of Three Wise Men is playing. Okay. The saddest, like, um, that's what I'm looking for. Like, softest mm-hmm. <laughs> version of this song. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we're going to get, I mean, right away, this scene strikes you because it's like Ben and Felicity's mom. This is an right. interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see that Ben asked Felicity's mom to meet him there. And he, like, sits down with her one-on-one and gets her drink. And um, he dives into one of the longer speeches we're ever going to see. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't give a lot of speeches in the show. But something, I thought this was a really interesting scene where, he, first of all, the way he sort of gets her attention in the beginning, I think, is interesting. And then the way that he softens it all. And it, it didn't feel like he was, I don't know. He says, I think you're worried about me and Felicity. He's like, I'm calling a spade a spade. You know, that's why we're sitting at this table. But then really he, honest. he really, um, I think, catches her off guard when he says, you know, it, it bothered me because I want pe- I want to think that people are taking a really good look at me before they make up their minds about who I am. And is the, you can see, like, Felicity's mom kind of cocks her head a little. Barbara's like, okay, where are we going with this? Hmm. And he could say, but then I, I look at it from your perspective. And he just rattles off some of the things that could be a concern for her. And he's, this is actually a very good sales pitch, what he's doing here. Cause all of this is right. <laughs> he's yeah. like, this is a list of the things that you could be saying about me. And, you know, it's true. And I get why you'd be interested to see Felicity with somebody like Noel and somebody who's more stable. And then he goes, so he gets her attention. Then it goes a little weird. Then it's a little, <laughs> then it's like a, a little bit, uh, you know, this is definitely like 20 year old Ben trying to figure out how to communicate what he wants to say. I think his opening was very powerful and his closing was very powerful. And I think that the middle part gets strange. Um <laughs> He's like, I agree. Hey, I had a teacher who always said like people who don't know what they're doing in their twenties end up being really interesting people. So that's cool. Huh? Um, that part like, wasn't necessary, Ben. <laughs> he was like, so I'll be really interesting. And I was yeah. like, Great wait news. a minute. I knew what I wanted to do. Like when I was in high school. Well, I guess and you yet- know what is if I sit here and I really think about that. Okay. Let me put myself in Barbara's shoes. That actually does work because uh, I'm revising my whole earlier statement on this. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening in okay, real time, it's happening everyone. In real time, guys. You're listening to it. Barbara got married, pregnant to a guy who that probably like maybe had a little bit more time happened, or maybe if she weren't pregnant, maybe that's not the direction she would have gone. So, did she know who she was in her 20s? I don't think she's figured it out until right now, this mm-hmm. very moment, now that she's divorced. Um, so maybe, maybe does that what? work? Does that work on that level? So where she's like, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're up to, but you get really interesting later. Um, that, does that speak to her in a new way? Because she's rediscovering or discovering for the first time who she is in her, you know, I, I don't think that's where her head is at this moment. Cause he's okay. just given her a list of reasons she should be wary (laughs) 
And yeah. so then to top it off, he then has this weird quote and he's like, I'm going to be interesting. And it's like, well, that's nice. But like what she was looking for was stable. Yeah. Um, I so... do like that Eve Gordon acting choice here when Ben says, chances are I'll be a pretty interesting person. Eve Gordon does the t- I'm going to, ca- I called it in my notes. I said, Barbara equals I smile. <laughs> smize. She took the, the Tyra like, Banks smize. Yeah, in. she went with the smize. It, well, I, I, I'm telling you, everybody, go back, watch the scene, and tell me that was not an eye <laughs> smile from Barbara. Okay. Also known as a smize. Also known as a smize. Um, a la Tyra Banks. Now, Ben wraps it with what he needed to wrap it with, which is yes. look, I don't know why, but Felicity cares about me. Okay. And I sometimes can like it, it inspires me to be what she sees in me yeah and um and that made me think about the first the christening the first episode from this season where sean is where you know sh- there's a comment about rose colored glasses mm. and sean's like well i've got news for you that's how felicity sees you and it makes me, it brings me back to that moment where Ben's like, whatever glasses she's looking at me through, I want to be that, that person really. Um, it, it, it just brought me straight back to that. So she, you know, he's saying, he closed it by saying, you know, she means pretty much the world to me. And I think coming from Ben after all of this, that lands a lot more effectively than Felicity being like, here's why Ben's right for me. Point one, I love him. Um, And that's all my points. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that was a scary point for her to bring up because Barbara's like, Paul Conrad. Here, it's Paul Conrad saying that in the most genuine possible way. And like, I don't know. I think it works. Yeah, I mean- similar to how Noel was speaking about Felicity when he was charming her. Mm-hmm. Ben is now saying, you know, Felicity cares about me. He And what it boils down to is he's saying, she makes me want to be a better man. Yeah. Right. She makes me better. And she, you know, and I love her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not only is it like, yes, he's, he is complimenting Felicity, but he's also saying like, I'm going to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of what gets through. That's part that isn't Paul Conrad. He's not the fun, you know, motorcycle, you know, whatever bad boy. He's the guy who is in a coffee shop with the worst version of three wise men playing ever Mm -hmm. saying, I'm willing to put in the work to be the guy your daughter can love. And the fact that he is able to list for Barbara all of the very real reasons why she is concerned. I think, you know, coming out of, look, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, there's, I, I'm sure a difference between AA and Al-Anon in terms of like um, admitting you have a problem, but I think even to go to Al-Anon, you have to admit that you have a problematic situation that's happening. And it seems like in that environment, you have to come up with these very honest, real assessments of what you're dealing with. And the fact that Ben is so easily, not easily, but he's able to articulate the very real concerns Barbara has, and he knows what 
is on the table for him to work on. And um, that's part of it. You know, he can recognize it and he wants to work on it because he wants to be the guy that Felicity sees. And I guess that would give you hope that he's headed in the right direction or could be. And I mean, hopefully it also gives Barbara some more trust in her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would hope that also is uh, is part of the outcome. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think this is similar to when Ben goes to the professor and mm-hmm. you know asks for Felicity to have another chance on her final. Um, he, he has these moments where he, he goes very far out on a limb Mm -hmm. and just really puts everything out there for Felicity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, these moments mean so much more to me than, you know, the time, go back in time thing that Mm -hmm. he did. Like, mm-hmm. these are the moments for me where it's yeah. like, this is a good man. Yeah, he's definitely, he's in there, right? You know, like, you can, all of these trappings of why he's in trouble, like, they're true. But this guy's in there, you know, like, he's, he's in there guy. somewhere. Yeah, if he could just, like, be more this guy and less the guy who, like, puts people in the hospital yeah i'd be a lot happier (laughs) with him yeah well this was enough for felicity's mom right so barbara is going to find felicity at her apartment barbara has already made alternative plans for the holiday she's taken felicity all the way off the hook um felicity's like that's great but we're in a fight so oh well so much for that. I was like, I'm going to be well, alone. No, but you aren't really in a fight based on the conversation <laughs> I just had. Like, um, she's, she figures they'll work it out. It'll be okay. And she goes a step further and she's like, you know, I might've been, it wasn't fair for me to equate Ben to Paul Conrad. I think there's, I think there's a difference there. Yeah, and uh, Felicity agrees. She doesn't know who Paul Conrad is, but she's kind of sussed out that this guy's hurt her mom in some kind of way, and he's not a a good guy. And she thinks Ben is a good guy. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that that their little exchange here is actually very interesting because Barbara makes a point about you know I shouldn't have given him my heart, and Felicity is like you know it's really not your fault like you gave your heart to somebody he should have taken better care of it and barbara's saying i I probably should have been more thoughtful about not giving it to him in the first place but you know in another world like is that same message does that apply to felicity's dad too you know it's just um a very mature sort of uh I'm going to take a step back and be unbiased about this sort of the thing that Felicity said to her mom, which is the type of thing she might've said to a friend, but there is this kind of like loaded other sort of like interpretation of, you know, Felicity's mom is sort of still dealing with this divorce (laughs) from another serious relationship she's had that, you know, maybe did somebody take perfect care of her heart or who she was as a person? I don't know. Um, 
maybe Barbara needs to hear the thing Felicity said. Uh, I just thought it was a very generous moment between the two of them. It was a really yeah. nice conversation. And I, I like how her mom kind of ends this with kind of reminiscing, right? She's like, you know, you came here just a few years ago and you were so scared by everything, which is how I think her mom feels now. Yeah. I think her mom is scared. Yeah. And she's actually looking at her daughter in this um like probably role model proud. Way. Yeah. yeah. Like probably proud, but also um it's not exactly like inspirational, but you know maybe aspirational. Um I guess yeah. I think that's a good word. You know, she's she's like, you've really grown up, you know, and you're not scared. And I think I think she sees Ben as part of that mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I think a lot of this is Barbara taking these lessons for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a scary spot in her own world where she has to completely reinvent herself. And her daughter has set a path for doing exactly that. Yep. So, you know, maybe, maybe in Barbara's own life, she's like looking at how she saw Felicity do it. Maybe she's like, I liked some of what she did and there's some other stuff I want to change, you know, <laughs> like maybe I wouldn't do it quite this way, but she's got this thing to look to um, that Felicity didn't have. Yeah. I mean, it is something that's nice about having another generation above you and below you. It's like, you get to see how other people did things. Not everybody kind of does everything the same way. And it's like, if you, she can see this part modeled by her daughter and her daughter can learn from her. That's a good, solid place to like build an adult mother daughter relationship on. Yeah. Loved it. Love, love Barbara in this episode. (laughs) Love it. Love Eve Gordon. Always including in this episode, this is just a very rich relationship. And the thing is like, we don't actually know that much about what's happening for Barbara outside of this, you know, but Mm -hmm. you feel like there is a lot of texture there. I mean, she's got friends to go to Santa Fe with, so she's got something going on. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Barbara's life is kind of lived in, even though we barely hear a thing about it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's all the writing or if that's Eve Gordon choices along the way, or if it's both or, but it's just cool. That's what I have to say. Nice. Now we're going to head to the tree lot. Yeah. Richard is trying to sell some trees Mm -hmm. and uh, And boy, are they having trouble? They're having some trouble. Yeah. Nobody seems to want to pay $50 for a tree. Yeah. And Felicity's going to come up because she's looking for Ben. And, and Sean, Sean's like, all right, you know, thanks for, for letting me have Ben. Um, this is going terribly. And <laughs> yeah. Felicity, uh, as she's yeah. leaving, she's going to see this, this cool interaction that Sean has where this little kid comes up because he's found the perfect tree and he tries to bring his dad over to buy the tree and the dad doesn't have the money for that tree. And, um, and Sean gives it away. See, he's not a cheapskate. He's not. He, 
I loved this moment from Greg Frunberg. Yeah. Uh, the way he delivers this was very like on both levels where he's like, take the tree, take the tree. He's being his like Sean Blumberg self. But then you can <laughs> see that moment when he just like looks the father dead in the eye. He's like, no, really take the tree. <laughs> like it's this, it's this, like, I'm not being the the fun jovial guy. I'm being the guy who knows that your kid really wants this tree. Yeah. And that you, you know, I'm, this isn't a gimmick. This isn't a scam. Like just take the tree. Um, I, I loved the, the delivery of it because I think the way he delivered it, the kid walks away from that, not hearing the part where his, he was like, I see you mm-hmm. Oscar's dad, you know, like, but Oscar's dad needed that moment to be like, is this real? Yeah. Like, can I do this without shame? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, for sure. Cause it's a gift for Oscar. And also yeah, like, look at, how many trees are not selling exactly so like really you're taking them off our hands um i like this because it's a christmas episode and this should be what christmas episodes are about and every moment that was lovely was ruined for me because i knew somebody was going to get shot who got shot you're not going to know for four months um yeah yeah or a week for us or so um yeah. Well, we're going to head to that last, you know, the final act of this episode where we're going to get to the girl's apartment. They're having the party. The party is starting. People are arriving. Felicity finds Megan. Mm-hmm. She's like, maybe go see Sean at the lot. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could use some help. Yeah. Oh, um, Megan. You had made a point about her outfit here, and uh, I just wanted to make a point um, yes. that remember when I said I had a haircut was I think our senior year one of the pictures one of the screenshots that I showed was Felicity from this party ah her hair at exactly this length gorgeous I mean absolutely everything everything about her in this from the outfit to the makeup to the hair to everything is Mm -hmm. just 100% gorgeous yeah she was and she was looking good yeah, you know who can't get enough of looking at it? No. Yeah. You know, I think with different music through a different lens cut differently. This is that moment in like when Harry met Sally or some other rom-com when like the love interest sees the other one from across the room, <laughs> you know? Like yeah, except this yeah. is unfortunately very one-sided. <laughs> There's like if it had hopeful music there's one thing if it has sad music it means another thing mm-hmm. this is the one where noel is half of the pair that's in love but there is no one. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he throughout this episode he gives her some some pretty longing looks yeah um, it's a lot it's it is it is very heavy-handed yeah uh, especially once they've layered in all of Barbara's, like, you should be with Noel. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how that, they got here pretty quickly, right? Because I feel like it wasn't that um, long ago that Noel was chasing after Jane. But at the same time, they they were giving us subtle hints. And then all of a sudden, they were just like, lamb. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like there was Ruby, right? And once Ruby left the scene, I mean, really left, 
we started getting Noel slipping back into like looking at Felicity. And yes, there's Doritos chick and yes, there's Leon stuff, but like, even at, I don't know, I feel like the wedding and like, I don't know. I just, I feel like these looks have been happening on and off, even when he was obsessing about Jane, he's, but here they're just hitting us over the head with it. Yeah. They're like, there's no way we're going to let you get away from an episode of this show without knowing how much Noel is in love with Felicity right now. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. We're going to get back to them in a moment, but first Mm -hmm. we're going to see Tracy and Elena. Cocky Tracy's back. Mm -hmm. He's just all, you know, smiley. And I mean, he's, he's heading out. So he wants to have a good night. Yeah. He wants to, you know, just say, damn, Elena, you, you look good. Yeah. Lena's going to play up into it. I mean, she does. It's a beautiful dress. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have fun, you know? They're going to have some, they're going to dance. It's going to be gonna good. He's going to howl at her and yap like a yep. dog. I mean, Meanwhile, behind him, her. Molly's sitting alone. She looks so sad. It was the weirdest juxtaposition, but felt very appropriate for what's yes. actually going on. Correct. Uh, juxtaposition is my word of the episode, I think. Um, I agree. Yeah, she's so so sad. She looks so sad. Yeah, that was that was depressing. And then we're gonna go back to the tree lot, which no mm-hmm. longer has the same depressing energy that it did in the last scene because now Richard and Sean are just giving trees away, and everybody's coming to take yep. them. You get a tree, and you get a tree. Mm-hmm. And so, since there are no profits to share, Megan clearly can forgive him. Yeah, there is no conflict here anymore. Megan's gonna give him a kiss. She's proud of him. She's going to invite him to the party, mm-hmm. which I can do now because I don't have trees to sell. Correct. It's all well, all's well that ends well. What is it? Well, no. <laughs> so Tracy and Elena, we're going to go back to the party. Yeah. They're going to miss each other. They are. Do a little slow dance. They're going to miss each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to get another sad conversation. Felicity and Noel. <laughs> this is like... Noel's going to try. He's going to be like, it's good to be single. Mm-hmm. And Felicity's just going to like see right through it. Like, Are you the turtle? Yeah. <laughs> Noel's the turtle. Noel, Noel says he's the turtle. And then he becomes a big old liar. Mm-hmm. And the parrot, of course, is, who is it, Fish? It's Ruby mm-hmm. and her baby. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I said they were coming back. This is sort of them coming back. Mm-hmm. She's a parrot yeah. here, but she's not. She's really not, though. Felicity, not. I don't know how much Felicity is really buying that. Uh, but oh, I think she is. She's, I think she's buying it because it becomes super awkward. And it's like, I don't know. This made me feel very weird because it it felt like Felicity wanted to be the parrot. And when... Noel said Ruby she was like oh oh yeah well, and I think her mom course. primed her to think she is the parrot so she, I think yeah I just, absolutely I don't know if she buys this but I, I maybe uh, it doesn't matter either way I mean she, I, I love her very Carrie Russell-esque uh acting choice here where she's like well, it's Carrie Russell. It's not her esque. This is Carrie <laughs> Russell. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Russell is like, oh, a 
of course, of course. Yeah, right. We're, of course, Ruby. Yeah. Ruby's the Yeah, Ruby, of course. Ruby's the yeah. <laughs> Harry Russell has this way of doing it that I just loved. I'm um, like, yes, naturally, naturally. Let's get out of this conversation <laughs> straight away. It's hey, I'm gonna so need a drink. Awkward. Um yeah. and she goes off to get a drink to get out of this conversation. And Noel and just Noel. stares. Oh my goodness. He gives her all the looks. All the looks that he has go right after her blue steel and magnum and they continue (laughs) as because ben has made it he's made it in and he's Uh you know and then noel gives latigra oh my goodness it's amazing yeah how versatile who haven't seen zoolander (laughs) that was every look um then they're all the same they're all exactly (laughs) the same but uh but yeah she's I mean, Felicity is just going to like give Ben the biggest hug, and Noel is going to like die inside just yeah. like, a little bit more. Yeah, he's he's obliterated. Yeah. Um, so he's going to go to the other person in the room who is utterly and completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. Molly. Molly, yeah, <laughs> the saddest, the saddest pair. In yeah. the history of Felicity. But they're going to dance and that'll be cool. Now, I need to know, did, what music did you have here? So the thing is, the music, I, I don't know what the music was, but I know what the music was, Is if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I, I have I could me what not it was like for this, but it was, it got much darker. I think it started with like a, ah, and then it went like almost techno. There was more of a beat than anything else. And it was like, and it was, I don't know. That's my description of music that I have no idea what the name is. It definitely sounded like 20s drums, um, it, but it wasn't no, what, what you just said. <laughs> it felt a little bit more, I almost would have I think put we it in had like the a same, rave. Yeah, I think we had um, the same song. I put down that it was a club song and it was techno. Yeah. It was very, it was a very odd choice for a like home party to have a like a techno club beat. Well, I think the point of it, or at least the point of how it started for me, was that it immediately makes the mood darker. Yeah, because, but you can do that with a lot of things. You don't yeah. need a club techno beat in somebody's apartment. It yeah. was such a weird choice. I think really I was okay with took it. took me out of it. It was, uh, I was okay with it because I think it was meant to be sort of surreal, like, what they think is happening at the party versus what's actually happening where the music is James and the visuals is everybody else, you know, like this moment, like the music switches gotten to this with maybe some like darker rock or even, I mean, I probably wouldn't go as far as punk, but like, I don't know. I thought this was very odd, but I think the lack of words was useful. Um, Yes. And they are all dancing. It's another, yeah. like, everybody has to dance. Yeah. So moment. they're all dancing because they're having, even Molly and Noel are dancing mm-hmm. and they're laughing and they're, they're being happy and they're, you know, they're, they're getting their groove on and Ben and Felicity are dancing. Everybody's, you know, in the party mode now. Uh, but you're hearing this really, like, off Weird, ominous happening. And yeah. then what we're going to see uh we're gonna see sean richard and megan come in from the tree lot sean and richard are carrying a tree jane as the tree clears the door we see james coming in after them 
And um, when they show us the characters dancing, Fish, did you notice mm -hmm. that when they panned around to all the couples or, oh, or please dancing, tell me you noticed the same thing I did because I'm going to give it Richard award. dancing with yes, the tree. Yes, with the tree. Oh I've my never God. seen it before until I this time. I was going to say that because I have a ward written down, Richard dances with a tree. I mean, he is getting down. He's getting down with a with tree. With this tree. It is and it actually makes sense it, when it you see it happen. It goes with the beat. It yeah. fully goes with what's yeah. happening. He's in a techno rave with this tree, mm -hmm. and they are just killing it. Best <laughs> um, answers of the party, Richard and that's Tree. Hands down. Yeah. And this award is like the, you know, this second and a half is worth you fast forwarding all the way through the episode to just watch. Like, even if you don't want to watch the episode again. Hey, but watch it because of Eve Gordon. I mean, of course. Watch it because of a lot of things, I think, right? But, but, but. But you know, if you're not going to watch it, it's totally worth just finding this one and a half seconds of Richard just, just getting down with the tree. How I have watched a show so many times and never saw this moment. I don't I know. I feel cheated by myself. I mean, yeah, because it, I mean, I was, it was the first thing that, I mean, I saw it come on and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I wish I could be you seeing it for the, from the first time. <laughs> but this is the first time you saw it. <laughs> but, but from the first time. Oh, well, technically you know? second. Because but anytime yes. you see it after this. Oh yeah. You'll have, you'll notice that. Yes. But I watched it so many times without, <laughs> without that joy. No, you know? I don't know how. I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, it is mystery. only like, uh, it's a very short, it's a short, it's short. get down and boogie moment. Yeah. But it's, it's the get down and boogie moment. I'm Maybe of the entire Series, series possibly it, yeah hey we're gonna look we're making big <laughs> claims in this episode all right and that's possibly one we can make without walking yeah. it back i love Ooh. that this whole scene is about a very threatening man with a gun coming in to shoot someone and you and <laughs> we i just spent time talking 100 percent yeah. focused on richard okay. and the tree that's it that's it um that's okay, our we'll, takeaway we'll, we'll switch over right so the, <laughs> again the dark music is happening um and we've seen everybody having fun and now we see james come in focus and we see him you know we're looking directly at him and he very slow-mo reaches and pulls the gun out from his pocket or waist the waist of his pants and then very slowly pulls it up and starts aiming and he's walking with it aimed for a while he's walking yeah. some steps he's and then, walking through like multiple hanging bead curtains yeah <laughs> which i was like that's, that's a choice so college yes that's so college but it's like college plus then reality. I don't know it was very weird. Yeah, watching him like navigate the bead, navigate the bead curtain with the gun. That's what happens when you go through a bead curtain, except I, also when you don't have a gun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the gun makes it trickier because you really want two hands to pull them apart. Yes. But he was already aiming. 
<laughs> yeah, and he could have put his other hand up there and done sort of like a fish thing, you know. Or, you know. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. But saying. I like mean, you. nobody yeah. like breaststrokes their way through a party to shoot someone. That's almost not a thing. nobody. Yeah, almost. Um, I mean, we're, I won't claim nobody. Yeah, uh, nobody we know of. So right. yeah, uh, it's all slow mo, and he's looking really tense, and his face is all twisted up, and then blam, you hear the gunshot, and we go straight to black. Yeah, and I went, what the hell? Melissa's mm-hmm. <laughs> very proud of herself. <laughs> I ruined your life. I mean, on. you ruined this episode except for the moment with Richard dancing with the tree. I mean, that let is me the ask only you this moment question. that I didn't Did care. I really spoil you? I mean, I don't, I don't, there's so many definitions of the word spoil. Right? So it's like the spoiler <laughs> was so big, it was nothing. Well, All it, I told you was what you already knew. I mean, there was a gun. Somebody, you said somebody, somebody was going to get shot. Sure did. But like, why would they have had to go through the entire shot? episode of like, I couldn't enjoy the mistletoe and the like lovely holiday moments. But I mean, even if you hadn't known that that was coming. What you get with James is so ominous all the way through anyway. It's like he's hanging around. He's waiting in the stairwell. He keeps calling. He's threatening Molly. He's, he's, he, he, uh, not charges. He's, he, he's physically trying to intimidate Ben. You know, there's, I think even without me saying what I said, I think there was an intention of having him be a threatening presence that doesn't go away because they just keep bringing him up and they keep having these scenes with Molly and James on the phone. And it's like, ah, this guy, I guess it, it, but it would have been a surprise Mm -hmm. because I would not have expected them to end the Christmas episode with somebody getting shot. Like the second he pulls out that gun, I would have been like, (gasps) yeah, no way. Well, I think if you're watching this knowing, well, I guess they might not have known it was going to be April before they saw another episode, (laughs) but um, I mean, it's a cliffhanger. That's for sure. Uh, You know, you want to know who's got shot when you come back and you're, and I'm guessing it's not James because he was clearly not aiming the gun at himself. Mm. Um, I was really rooting for it to be James. Yeah. But also, here's the thing. You know how I said, you know, Molly walks away with James and all that stuff at the beginning, and then they just gloss over it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the next episode, they're just going to like gloss over the whole somebody got shot thing. They it's like, so they're not going to, the person isn't going to be just fine. And then they'll continue. And within two episodes, we'll f- have forgotten it happened. We will not forget that it happened. Um, this thing that happens really, it shifts one person's trajectory, tra- trajectory tremendously, but it takes a little while to get to the final conclusion of what that looks like. Um, but I think that you'll see that it is impacted a lot of people at the party. Um, so I mean, is somebody going to heal, you know, like that's a different thing altogether than will it be forgotten, you know? Um, and I think that this back half of season three looks pretty different altogether if you didn't have this. 
which I think is a sign that it's not just glossed over, but is it going to be addressed how you want it to be? I don't know. I think it's, it's uh, going to usher in a new factor that a lot of people hate, but uh, I'm going to be very interested to talk about it. Is that I think Avery? Because you've talked about Avery in that way. Yeah, it's going to be Avery. I think I have a feeling, so and from what we've seen, and a person people... is introduced. Yeah, and it's weird. I think I, I don't get the feeling people love Avery in general, but I think there's a lot for us to talk about. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting, but we'll see what you what you think of where we're headed for the rest of season three. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't remember any of this like at all yeah not even a little bit (laughs) like I remembered some of the other stuff but like nope no idea I don't know I like I'll I'll share more about this as we go through the rest of the season but I just I think really interesting things come from James unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) um so I don't know I mean stuff that i happy to talk about look there's stuff in this show that i am not interested to talk about <laughs> namely there are things in season four that i'm gonna like rage at the machine um yeah. but i i don't know season three could be could I mean, be it cool. hasn't we'll been see. my favorite se- season so far i've already given two of the episodes a one yeah, I know. So we'll I have know. to see. We'll have to see what happens. And I was very upfront that my prediction was that, like, at the end of all this, I was going to say seasons one and two were my strongest. But now, I th- as I think about what's ahead for us, I'm excited to talk with you about them. So I think that's something, right? Like, I think, yeah, um, there there is something there. I think we've passed some of the episodes that I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> um, you know, the Randy of it all and the openings of Molly and the, I don't know, the good, a good egg. My Lord. <laughs> um, ironic name for an episode that should have been a bad egg. So anyway, fish. Yeah. Let's go to the, you're the worst segment. Ooh, that was a good one. Um, I mean, I think I've tipped my hand a bit, but... Elena, Mm. you're the worst. You take Tracy's virginity with 0% sensitivity. And then you turn around and you try to manipulate him by asking if he regrets it and if he like hates you now. I will give you credit for going to the pastor with him, but you miss the connection that Tracy has with the pastor. Let him speak. What he came away from that meeting with was that he knows you're not okay with the religious side of him. Then why did you sleep with him? And let's not forget, in the last episode, you use Tracy's devotion when it suits you. And you don't want him to be seen half naked in a calendar by all the other girls. While he's getting out of his head, maybe you should take a look into your heart. You can either accept the boy for who he is or let him go. 
Because until you do, Elena, you're going to be the worst. Elena, you're the worst. Yes. This is my plea to Elena to figure her stuff out. Okay. I mean, this is a big, this is a big, um, tough love sort of thing because remember folks we have a character here who walked into a party ready to open fire and that's not the person fish thought of as the worst so elena Correct. that's like a lesson to you i mean i knew that it may be um controversial with somebody perhaps killing someone uh to choose not the killer but look, James got you're the worst last time. Sure and did. frankly, I think that just kind of covers this one mm-hmm. where it's like, let's just add that on to the last one. Yeah, you're the worst for all those ample reasons. time talking about and how this. bad James is. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, I'm going to spend the time talking to someone who might actually benefit from it yeah. because this character of Elena is obviously going to change 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Based on what I have to say. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, Fish, let's, let's get into our favorite segment. Yeah. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Exciting. Where we talk about your feedback, listeners. Okay, first of all, we have a new friend to the podcast, Fish. New friend. We received an email from Jill. Uh Uh-huh. Jill Cheskis, who says, okay, so now remember, folks, we are going, because this is a new friend, and we want to make new friends feel very welcome here, we're going to go back to a question we posed in, I believe, the very first episode, which I actually think is perfectly (laughs) suited to this episode remember the moment where noel sees felicity for the first time he's holding a basket of laundry as he is wants to do holding things Mm -hmm. and he see he peers at felicity through her door and we felt she was wearing a nightgown Mm -hmm. and we had quite a conversation about the nightgown yes i think that we're back at that noel right now by the way um So, Jill, your message was very well-timed. Um, but also, I mean, how sad for Noel. Ugh. Right? Sad. Very sad. Very sad. It's sad. My arms are spread very wide. Um, yes. Okay, Jill says, I just discovered your podcast, and as a Felicity aficionado, I immediately started listening. I'm only on episode two. So if this comes up later, my uh, my apologies for being repetitive, but I don't think she's wearing a nightgown. What? I think it's a cotton mini dress. I have a vague recollection of that sort of utilitarian cotton jersey looking clothes from the 90s. And I think it's a dress. When she goes to Noel's room, she has put on a cardigan in the same fabric as the dress. I think that's the whole outfit. But what I think is interesting is that we really don't see her ever wear any other short, tight outfit for the rest of season one. She's all big Benetton sweaters and baggy pants. She's in a short dress and her hair is down and it's it's in its glory. And as an aside, while I do love coming home and immediately getting into comfy clothes, nightgowns are not my first choice. Anyway, interested in hearing more. (laughs) Now we're going to have to go back. We're going to have to go back and look. Jersey dress or nightgown? 
listeners, we need you. All everybody, get on this. <laughs> All of us. Jill has just rocked our worlds. Okay. Yeah. Jill, good on you. I mean, welcome to the team. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely gonna have to go back and look now. Because uh, we did, we had a whole conversation about nightgowns. I shared all kinds of stuff about like holidays and my mom and I getting matching nightgowns. And I mean, it was a thing. It was yeah. like a whole thing. And maybe yeah. it was completely out of place. Maybe we just went on in a complete non sequitur for a long time. Yeah. According to Jill, maybe. But delightful nonetheless. I thank you, Jill, for jumping in with this. Um, and honestly, the timing of this is so eerily perfect. And sad for Noel. Because how like we how we were just talking about them at this party, just salivating over her. Uh mm-hmm. it's just like, ah, oh, this guy, uh, what is his world? <laughs> um, we have a few comments about Ben as well. Um oh. from a, a couple different angles. So First, we have a conversation between two of our listeners that I liked. So, um, you know, one of the things that's really been striking me is this idea that Ben had friends, like a lot of, like more people around him in high school, and that he was, in fact, voted most popular. And what we have been seeing from Ben since basically after Lynn, like post swimming guys, um, Ben is almost always totally alone. Yeah. Other than Felicity, right? I'm just finding that so interesting. And so we have a couple comments here. We have one from at Mickey, who says, my take on Ben being most popular is that usually in high school, guys don't have to do much, you know, just be there, gorgeous and unattainable. College, a lot of them have difficulties with adjusting because in college there is adaptation and a lot of new challenges. Ben is right there. He wanted to run away and embrace his introspective self. He only opened up to Felicity and listens to her and he needs to be able to trust her. In my opinion, he is not asking for much. Now at Galinsky underscore responded and said, I love this. Also, I also think that his friends in high school probably weren't genuine friends, just buddies that he knew. His family life seemed like something he internalized a lot and grew burdensome when those issues came up in his own adult life in college. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, if you, I don't know. I I don't, I'm trying to think about it in my own context. And the thing is, I don't know, that there were just very different people, I guess, in my high school. And so I feel like you either were with the popular crowd and like I I don't I can't say that I know what that looked like but I feel like people did have genuine friendships that that came out of that um some people got married um I happened to find a whole group of people like a really fairly large group of people who had similar like home lives and experiences and, you know, could relate to me. And so it was like, I don't know, we all had our own thing going on and stayed friends for quite a while. So it's just like, I think you can have both, 
but I don't know. I don't know that he did, I guess. It could have been that he didn't have real friends or it could have been that he had a couple of people. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was like everybody that he like bonded with on this type of level. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've got one more, um, one more comment about Ben, which I think is sort of uh, responding to a couple of theories that you've, you've put out there actually fish um, at aunt Mary 72. Aunt Mary. Yep. Says two Ben related things. Number one, I don't think he was ever addicted to gambling. I think he just got into trouble and was trying to get out like an idiot. Number two, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Ben has a hero complex. You ladies called it. And if I'm being honest, I mean, these are patented fish theories here. Um, So I, you've got uh, all the way thumbs up here from at Aunt Mary 72. Well, I appreciate that. I, 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 did think those things and then I said them. And so I'm glad that at least one person does also see that point of view. Um, But I'll be interested to see how, because you've said some stuff too about sort of the hero complex thing. Um, I'll be interested to see how it kind of moves forward. Um, But yeah, if we never hear about gambling again, then it's pretty hard to actually call that an addiction. Yeah reframed how i thought about it that's for sure well fish uh i'm pressed to write the episode did you want to jump in there first or no i would like you to go first all right i rated this one in the unit of paul conrad's oh no (laughs) that guy yeah i had options but i was like paul conrad's that's what's happening (laughs) and how did I arrive? How could this be? You ask 8.4 out of 10 Paul Conrad's. Hey, wow. Who's to say how you get the point for, but <laughs> anyway, um, I think that this episode is very memorable. Uh, I think that it has, when you really dig into a lot of these moments between these characters, we get a lot of good, rich stuff to unpack about the depth of psychology for these characters we get some pairings of conversations that we never like a barbara and noel and a barbara and ben conversation how cool you know to be able (laughs) to talk about stuff like that um so the reason i didn't go higher than that is when we in the beginning when we were talking about this and it also landed this way when i was watching it just the amount of exposition to cover stuff that happened off screen felt like maybe maybe one of those episodes that they spent doing something that was useless, like around Molly or maybe a good egg. <laughs> maybe we needed the episode that had some of the questions you wanted answered um before this and so they got there through exposition which i thought was the weakest part of this episode because once they actually got into the deep conversations between people it was so interesting and so complicated and 
so like ruthless yet compassionate, like in different situations, you know, it was just like hard and then also soft at the same time for me. And the juxtaposition of all of it is something I kept talking about because I feel that. So I really liked it. And I think they maybe missed an episode before this that they needed to answer a couple of the questions that they tried to just like, I don't know, have the expository dialogue through. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Um, I mean, the, the holiday ones are usually my favorites. And as always, I rate in gloves. Um, and I mean, everything you said is true, but unfortunately for me, a combination of the weird, terrible music choices and like everything that was going on with Molly and James that I didn't really care that much about, I don't know. It just started getting to be, uh, I don't know, frustrating, I guess. And I mean, Eve Gordon is the highlight, I have to say. Um, Not really loving the like backsliding by Noel and like just the frustrations around Elena. Um, And the fact that this entire time, you know, yes, there was the juxtaposition, but I didn't like it. (laughs) Like I wanted my fairy tale like Christmas tree um, apartments without the shit. And I wanted the like, you know, I wanted to know what happened to the trees and not just have Ben like run in. Um, So it just, a lot of it did not work for me. Uh, And in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm like, someone's getting shot, someone's getting shot. And then I don't find out who's got, who's getting shot. Um, so I guess I'm coming down at about a six and, and that that's with a significant bump for Richard, just with the trees dancing with that tree. I hear you. I hear you. Bold move on their part for the editors to leave that in, uh, for the tone they were trying to set. It's fair. A full okay. contradiction of the tone they're trying to set in that moment, but priceless. Okay. But also priceless. exactly how I would expect Richard to be yes. acting at this Christmas party. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Six out of ten gloves, eight point four out of ten Paul Conrads for this episode. Uh, what did you think though? That's our question. Tell us. We would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback comments, your own rating, policy artwork, whatever feels right to you at, and you can send that to the Melissa fish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L two S's the Melissa fish at gmail.com. And then if you want to get into the conversation, get amongst it, talk with all of us, find us at Felicity podcast on Instagram. And if you find that you want to know when the next episode is going to be released of our podcast, well, You don't have to guess anymore. You can get our newsletter where we tell you when we've dropped another episode. Just go to wherever you are listening to this one, check your show notes, and there's a link in there to sign up for the newsletter. While you're, hey, while you're there, you know what else you should do? Rate or review this podcast because it could help other people who love the show Felicity to find the podcast and the great long form conversations that we have. 
All right, Fish. The next episode is called Girl Fight. What do you think happens in Girl Fight? I don't know, Girls Fight? Um, That is such a weird episode title to come off of this episode with. Uh Um, I mean, okay, so somebody gets shot. Um, Who's fighting? And why? And why is it only the girls? Uh, And why didn't they tell me who got shot? All right, so I am going to say that James shoots uh, Elena by accident while trying to hit Molly or Ben, and that then Ruby and her baby come back and fight Felicity for Noel's hand in marriage. And Ben gets pissy about it. Okay. All right. Folks, that's in the books. That's Fish's prediction. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know at this point what's Mm -hmm. happening. I'm not even going to say, I'm 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 not going to respond to it at all. And and then Avery comes. Avery, I don't know. Avery is... Maybe she is Ruby's baby. Does does everybody hate Ruby's baby? <laughs> I mean, this that's is delightful. <laughs> this is so delightful. Um, I'm loving this. Okay. Uh, boy, a lot of your questions are going to be answered in Girl Fight. I hope so. If they're not, I'd be kind of pissed. Yeah. Well... Yeah, that's that's all the stuff. Anything else you wanted to mention about this one? Nope. Mm-mm. All right. Well, until next time, fish. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.